Linnea, and you're listening to Without Your Head, which I've done in a lot of movies. Have a good day and stay scared. of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. That would make me terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm. And joining us tonight, we have Justin Seaman, uh, writer and director of The Barn, amongst other things, but Barn's very cool. It's good, cool to have oh, you. So uh, I saw that the, the Barn has a director's cut. Uh, what's the difference between uh, uh, the, the original uh, cut and the director's cut? Uh, yeah, so there's about 10 minutes uh, changed uh, from the like the Blu-ray release and the director's cut. Director's cut is essentially what we put out into the film festival, and uh, that's you know that's basically what everybody in the film, the cast and crew, you know, like we wanted to see when it was finished. But then after we did the festival circuit and we kind of took some people's feedbacks, you know, what people liked, what they didn't like, we decided to trim it down for the uh, the Blu-ray release. So we just kept the uh, the initial dvd as a director's cut because it's kind of the way we you know we wanted the film but i mean overall um you know i it, it's it's kind of like uh the blu-ray is more or less for the people who want the fast pace and the dvd director's cut is more the people who want like the the deeper storyline if that makes mm-hmm. sense like we cut out some story story arcs and stuff like that uh for the blu-ray release oh, yeah okay. So how, uh, when you first thought of the barn, like how long did it, how long does it take from when you think of, think of the movie and you write it till it actually gets released? Uh, well, in the case of the barn, I actually wrote it, uh, when I was eight. Uh, right. it was, um, so, so it was a little while. Yeah, it was, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a ch- more of a children's story when I wrote it. And, uh, for years, 
I just, I always thought about how could I turn this little storybook um, that I wrote in third grade to, you know, into a movie. And uh, about the time I turned 27, I finally told my wife, I said, look, I just, I have to make this movie before somebody else does something very similar. And I, I regret it the rest of my life. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I quit my job and we made a movie. Yeah. That's interesting. So, uh, yeah. So it, <laughs> I'll say because a lot of the barn is like is a retro feel to it. So I was just yeah. wondering, like, uh, how how much of that is you know you obviously you want that, but how much of it is to like the original story? Like, took did it take place? Like, uh, when you wrote it, was it that time that the movie takes place? Uh, when I wrote it, it was ninety three. So it was a. Uh... Yeah, it was coming, you know, just getting into the early 90s. So it still had that that kind of vibe, the TV shows I was watching, the stuff I was reading, um, you know, and, and very much the movies I was watching. Like uh, a lot of my inspiration for what I wanted to make The Barn was uh, like a, a mashup of things from Night of the Demons, The Monster Squad, uh, Return of the Living Dead, Ghostbusters, uh, you know, Legend, Hocus Pocus, uh, you know, Goosebumps, stuff like that. So there was just a big mixture of, just the things from my youth. And so I tried to keep true to that when I was able to finally turn it into a movie. Yeah, that's very cool. And I would assume then since the story has been with you since you were eight, that it has to, the movie has to have a really special meaning to you to to be with you for so long. Oh Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, It was one of those things where uh, anybody who knew me growing up knew this story. They knew me as the barn kid (laughs) because it was just something I always (laughs) talked about. And I always told people I'm going to make it as a movie one day. Um, so yeah, to actually see it not only come to life, uh, you know, but get out there and have people watch it and, you know, appreciate it. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your parents like, uh, you know, when you were writing, uh, was it, was it, <laughs> I know it's a children's thing at the time, but, uh, I assume there's still like horror elements to it. Um, you know, well, the way it worked was, uh, my mom was a waitress, so my parents were divorced and on the weekends I would stay with my dad he would let me watch horror films and she had no idea that I was watching those. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, telling my dad about it, it was nothing to him. And, you know, the, the story was a lot tamer, um, uh, <laughs> as a kid, you know, kid book than it was now, uh, than it, what it became. Um, but, uh, you know, with my mom, I would say she, she started to understand more and more as time went on that I was watching more things than what, you know, she was aware of, uh, when we were having discussion. Uh, but in the case of the barn, I actually, I wrote a prequel uh, at the time. I didn't know it was a prequel, but it was, you know, it's like an origin story. Right. <laughs> I wrote it uh-huh. in fourth, fourth or fifth grade. And I turned it in for like, a uh, and there was like a, uh, some, some like a activity period where you got to make, you know, you got to play paper football or play something, you know, do things for like an hour. And I chose the class where you got to make your own storybook. So I was making the origin story of the barn. And it was about, you know, this barn that, uh, bled blood all over the place and the township and all that stuff. So they ended up having a, um, a parent teacher meeting with me and my mom and they brought her in and they sat us <laughs> down and, you know, they, they explained how, they couldn't let me do this book in this class. And, you know, they wanted to talk to her like, and she had, you know, by this time she had realized I was watching this stuff and I was into it. And it was just more funny to her that they were very concerned, you know, <laughs> right. uh, probably thinking I was going to turn out to be like a, a serial killer or something, you know, something weird like that. But, uh, but it's a cool, it's a cool, uh, you know, memory now to think that like, Oh, the teachers tried to stop me. And they were like, you know, how about you do like a star Wars story? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. You should bring it back and show the movie to them. 
Yeah, yeah, for real. I need to figure out who the teacher was now. <laughs> Have your parents seen the movie, The Barn? Uh, yes, yeah. Um, I mean, they've been following me making movies for years. So when I told when I told my mom originally I was going to do it, and I told her, you know, everything I was going to do in the movie, and you know how long it was going to take, she, I think she thought at some point I'd probably, you know. I'd lose steam and just kind of quit with that and go back and do something else. Cause, uh, she's not too big on horror movies to watch them, but that's yeah. not like her cup of tea. Uh, but overall, like she was really happy with the way it turned out because she, you know, in her mind, she saw it exactly the way I wrote it as a kid. So it stayed very true, you know, to the, the story itself. Yeah. Yeah. I've been following the barn for a while, you know, on, online. And I remember when I had Linnea Quigley on once and it was right after she, uh, she signed to, to do it. I think it was like mm-hmm. a last minute thing. Like how, how did that happen? Yeah. So I reached out to her, um, back in the beginning, uh, and I couldn't get any of the people. There's different people that, that handle her stuff, like on the East coast and West coast when well, nobody would return my messages. Um, so, uh, the DP actually went to a convention that she was at and he wanted, you know, he talked to her about it. And so she gave him the contact information and it was the same contact info that I had already had. So I tried one more time and I just said, you know, I really would like to have her as this part in this movie. And, you know, if there's a sequel, there's a bigger, uh, you know, there's a, a bigger part to this character. I want to establish it in the first movie. And I could see that the people were reading my emails, but they weren't responding. So we went ahead, we shot it with a crew member that was there and then we put it into the festivals and it, it went through uh, probably about three or four months of festivals. And then once the, uh, you know, like the notoriety of the film got around. Then somebody contacted me like, Oh, Hey, you know, we, we saw that you tried to get hold of us. We're sorry. You know, if you're still interested. And at that point, if it would have been anybody else, I would have been like, just forget it. Cause we already shot it. We're done. Um, but then to have the chance to work with Linnea and actually put her in the movie that I, you know, I wanted her in, we immediately scrambled and we're like, how can we, how can we rebuild this set and get her here and put her in the movie before we go to, you know, release it on DVD. Yeah. So that's exactly what we did about four months before it came out on DVD. We rebuilt the set and flew her in from uh, Florida and we reshot it. Wow. So how, like so, uh, how much work was I that wish... to, you know, to get it all, to get, to get her in and everything to get it all. Uh, it was, um, well, it was uh, the hardest part was she does so many conventions. Uh, it was really hard right. getting a weekend that worked for her and worked for us. And the place that we actually shot the, uh, the garage scene that she's in was no longer available. So I had to contact the university I went to, um, and I asked them, I said, can I use your studio space to rebuild this garage set? So that's what we ended up doing. We ended up going up, up to, uh, a moon township in Pennsylvania. And we, one night we rebuilt the pretty much the one side of the barn. And then the next day she flew in. Uh, we picked her up, brought her straight to set, uh, did hair and makeup, got her down, probably shot for about four or five hours. And then the next day we sent her back. So it was real short. Um, she wasn't there that long. I mean, it's a very small scene and actually it's even smaller, uh, in the Blu-ray we, we cut down even more talking and stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely very hectic and very hard because we're going back and trying to like, look at what things look like in the background and the original footage and trying to match mm-hmm. it and match the lights and and still utilize footage uh, that was previously shot. She's not in, so we don't have to do, you know, even more work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was difficult. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned, you know, if there was a uh, part two that she'd have a bigger role. I know it's kind of early yet because, you know, you're 
got the movie, just kind of the movie just out now, but uh, are there plans for a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was going to, I was hoping it was ready today, but it's not, it'll be about a week or so. We're actually launching a Indiegogo campaign uh, to get funding for the sequel. Cause um, I go to so many festivals and conventions and, you know, I sell the movie and I get emails all the time with people asking if, if, and when there's going to be a sequel. And uh, the first one was so hard to do. And I took, um, I took a loan out myself to pay for the movie. And now, you know, that was, that was a couple of years ago. Now things are different. Uh, you have a son now and you know, I gotta be more, I can't, uh, right. I guess I can't, <laughs> it's not you know, play you, with right? money any, anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty much we're doing an all or nothing campaign that if, you know, if we don't raise it, we, you know, the movie doesn't happen. And, you know, as much as I want to make the movie, I also, you know, uh, making it the first time was like all, like all my passion of something, you know, getting it out of my system. And I would love to make a sequel. This one's more for the fans, you know, as much as I want to do it, I need to know that there is an audience that wants it and, you know, they're willing to help me make it. So that's yeah. the goal with the campaign. It'll be on Indiegogo and uh, anybody who wants to check it out can follow the barn Facebook page or screamteamreleasing.com. That'll have all the information coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you made the, once you made the barn, um, what, what's that experience like getting, getting it out there, getting it to the festival. So then, you know, cause it's like a couple of years later then it's on DVD and Blu-ray. It seems like, you know, mm-hmm. a long time in, in a way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think I think there's two sides to making movies. There's the actual production end, and you, like sometimes that can be a complete nightmare. And uh, and then there's the business end, which you know gets into festivals and figuring out distribu- distribution and marketing and all that. And that's a nightmare as well. And um, I, in my case, I you know I did the festival circuit hoping to find uh, some sort of a great distribution deal, and uh, you know that was the reason I did that. But what was nice is during that, it actually turned into just finding an audience and getting noticed. Uh, and then also networking. Um, you know, I got to meet a lot of cool filmmakers yeah. and, and make friendships and actually working with them now on other projects. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's crazy, um, you know, to think the movie, we finished the movie in 2015. It went on a festival circuit for over a year. Then we brought it out at the end of 2016 and then re-released the, uh, put the Blu-ray out in 2017, you know, so here it is 2018 already. It's been five years since we actually shot the movie, like started shooting yeah. and it just, it's just, you know, it blew by. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's weird because you hear everybody talk about how to do it. And, you know, so you, you try to copy that and try to go through those channels and then, you, you know, you start to realize, well, man, maybe, uh, maybe it's not, it's not worth it, you know, cause yeah, you'll go through those film festivals and you'll get tons of offers, but none of them, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, none of them are, they're all risks. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that even if somebody takes your movie that you're going to see a penny. And that's all I heard going through the festival circuit was people selling about making bad distribution deals. And it just really was like, oh, geez, maybe I shouldn't sign with anybody. Um, yeah. So in, in that respect, I'm glad that's the way it worked out because I was able to, you know, self-distribute the film and make my budget back and then actually profit. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, it was a good, uh, doing the film festival circuit was actually, you know, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Cause I just started doing, uh, the film festivals and people I talked to, uh, independent, uh, filmmakers, a lot of them have different, uh, ideas on, on the festivals. Like after they've done I me, mean, some people mm-hmm. really say they're, they're a waste of money. And then people like yourself are saying they a good experience. And I think 
the people say it's a good experience are a lot of them kind of like we're saying is not necessarily the distribution end, but uh, uh, the experience itself and uh, getting to network with other people. And I think it kind of depends on what you're looking for out of, out of the festivals, what you, what you get out of it. Oh yes. Oh yes. hundred percent. So, um, how about the the look of the movie itself? Because it, it has a great you know retro retro look to it, and uh, kind of before like that became like a big thing. Because now like a lot of things do that, but you've been making it for like five yeah. years, so it's kind of before like everyone you know not I don't say everyone, but before that was kind of like a cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I got there just at the beginning before everybody started doing it. Yeah, um, but you know that's that's just the way you know when when we set out because. Um, there was a film called the sleeper that really inspired me to uh, make sure that I was going to make my movie eighties because that's the way I always envisioned it. And then the closer I got to uh, getting into production, people were like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't make it an eighties film, make it, make it modern, you know? So, you know, people today will want to see it. And I was like, that's not the, that's not the story I wrote. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up seeing a movie called the sleeper and um, it was very much, in the vein of what I wanted to do, but it was more like a black Christmas slasher story. And, uh, I loved the trailer and, um, and it was very, very grainy and grindhouse feeling. And then when I bought the movie, the movie wasn't like that. It was, uh, it, it was, the style was still there, but you know, the film didn't have that look that the trailer presented. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh man, I really like the sleeper, but I wish the sleeper would have looked like the way it was presented. And years later, I ended up talking to the director and he said, the reason he ended up, scratching that was because he had got so much flack from people saying you know don't make it look old you're going to limit your market and he's mm-hmm. he regretted it and uh so that you know i was in that boat too but i was just like you know what this is the way i want it to look because i've had people ask me like well, you know well we could put it in walmart's but can you remove that stuff and i'm like i think that would defeat the purpose then because it's lying to the to the to public that you know what i'm trying yeah. to sell them um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that appeals to that. I think that would appeal to people anyway. I don't, I don't really get get why you'd want to yeah. remove it. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm learning more and more <laughs> every day uh, about <laughs> right. how people think about retail and stuff. And a lot of it's just trickery. Slap a good <laughs> cover on something and get it out there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, I've, I've uh, I get a lot of screeners through the show, and and I uh, <laughs> I see that a lot. So. But, but when something stands out, then it does make me want to talk about it more, which because I I oh, love yeah. just seeing the stuff from the barn right away. Like, you know, when I see the poster and stuff online, it's like, oh, that looks sweet. And then uh, actually just what you said, because it did live up to it, because it actually looks like uh, it looks like the the trailer and it looks like what you expect. You know, but who did yeah. the poster? Well, the poster art stuff is 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 great. Uh, his name is Mark Schoenbach of Sadist Art Designs. And um, I actually got a hold of him right before it kind of blew up because now he's super hard to <laughs> he's doing a new film of mine and it's been, he's had it for a month but uh he's really hard to get a hold of now he's just to get on his calendar um because he's, he's so good and i mean his, he, if you look him up say to start designs you'll see a lot of stuff and uh such a great style um and like i said i caught him at a good time because he wasn't too expensive uh, mm-hmm. now now he's getting up there with price a little bit but he deserves it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so did you ever dress up as any of the characters for how for trick you know trick-or-treating as any of them when you were a kid as a kid yeah or no, now i guess no i didn't <laughs> uh yeah, yeah no, no well i played the minor in the movie but uh oh. but i've never uh, outside of set i've never i've never dressed up like you know i mean other than going to conventions there 
early on when we were putting the movie out, we would go to shows and we would dress up some of the monsters and do photo ops or, you know, photos at the table, I should say, with children and give them candy and stuff. And it was mm-hmm. a good way to get people to come over, lure the kids in and sell their parents on the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I, I uh, you know what? I take that back. I do take that back. When I was 17, uh, I did dress up like the boogeyman for, um, uh, uh, I think it was my junior Halloween dance. And I won best, best, uh, scariest costume. <laughs> oh, so, really yeah, good. I had the baby doll and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that was the first time I did that with the minor. <clears throat> so, uh, actually, what are some of your favorite Halloween movies? Cause, uh, you know, I think this, this will go on uh, a lot of people's list now. Uh, well, number one for me is Night of the Demons. And, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's why to me, it was so awesome and important to get Linnea quickly involved just because, you know, she's such a huge part of that movie. Um, the Night of the Demons, definitely trick or treat. Uh, both of them, Sammy Kerr ones, you know, the, the old, uh, rock movie. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I'm trying to, trying to think here. Now you put me on the spot. There's, there's usually <laughs> my two goats. There are my three goats to Halloween movies. Um, yeah, well, it's, it is the 30th shoot. anniversary of Night of the Demons this year. Yes. Yes, and I and I pre-ordered the Steelbook uh, screen. Oh, very cool! So I got that coming. <laughs> yeah, I have I have so many you know, different versions of it, but yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess because we watch it every year, and I did enjoy it, and I still enjoy it, unless it's on repeat. Uh, Hocus Pocus, I do enjoy that. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. But pretty much any, if you give me a Halloween film that actually feels like Halloween and it's not a bunch of people saying, oh, it's Halloween and we're inside a house and we have some decorations. <laughs> right. Like, it actually looks like trick-or-treats going on outside. I'll enjoy it. I'll watch anything. Yeah. Like, some of my friends, they go, you're, you're weird, dude. Like, you, you don't watch these TV shows, but, like, but, you know, you'll actually go through the month of October and, like, on your DVR record episodes of different shows because there's Halloween episodes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, I enjoy it. I don't care if I've ever watched the TV show or not. If it's a Halloween episode, I'm going to check it out. Right, so, right. Yeah, like it was always fun uh, to watch. Yeah, Roseanne always had good uh, episodes. Oh yeah, Roseanne. Yeah. I actually, I actually found um, the entire set uh, series of Home Improvement on eBay, and I took <laughs> it and I, I, I actually ripped, ripped the episodes so I could make one disc that's just all the Halloween episodes, so I could have them. Because I'm like, uh-huh. I wish they would do that. No one's done it, so I finally <laughs> like, I'm just gonna do it myself so I can have it. Yeah. Is is your son old enough to uh, trick or treat? No. Seven months, but uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it's I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna, we have a family restaurant, so we usually hand out candy. So at least for this year, he'll be there handing out with us dressed up, and then maybe yeah. next year or the year after we'll start taking. Yeah, I'm sure in a few years he'll be uh, he'll be having fun. Oh yeah, he's uh, you know, we take him to all the conventions and we do shows, and uh, he has a pretty good time. And uh, as of yet, he's not afraid of monsters because he sees a lot of people <laughs> dressed up. So I'm glad. Actually, this weekend we will be at Monster Mania setup, and uh, mm-hmm. we're doing the, uh, the photo op with Robert England and Kate Hodder. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping he doesn't like cry. <laughs> full Jason gear. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, what are you th- what are your thoughts on the new Halloween? Are you looking forward to it? Uh, you know, I- I'm going to watch it either way. I kind of sure. wish that they would have just followed. You know, if they were going to go back pick up from part two. I don't, I don't really understand the reasoning for not continuing part two because part two was the next the, thing. You know, I mean, it happens yeah. the exact same night. Like it's uh-huh. moments later. <laughs> like, um, 
you know, and everybody complains that part three didn't have Michael Myers. And I think part three is a great film. And I should have put that on my list. I, you know, as far as a Halloween film, I, and I, I totally understand what they were going for. But if you wanted to go back and pick up the story, they pick up from number two. And, and the only reason I can think they didn't do that is because they shoot him in the eyes and he'd be blind um, if you were going to mm-hmm. stay to the storyline. So yeah. uh, I'm curious to see what happens. I see a lot of people complaining that, you know, now Laurie Strode is this, this crazy woman who's waiting and she's got all like that arsenal of guns and how come she's not like hiding? And I'm like, well, that was H2O. She, you know, she changed her identity. She fled. Uh, so it's like, I, you know, guys, they're trying to do something different. You know, is it needed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah, um, I am too. I do think that the trailers look very good to me. So. Yeah. yeah and I like his mask because there were so many Halloween movies, you know, going back over the years. So I just did not care for the mask change. So, mm-hmm. I really like the fact that they brought back the, the Shatner-looking mask, and you know, it looks old, too. kind of looks like Rob Zombie's part two, but I still yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, do you think, uh, it seems like the, because uh, like I said, I've been following the barn online, but it seems like it has picked up a lot of uh, popularity over just like the last year. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I, I don't know. I like I do a lot of business on my site. And I sell a lot of movies to Germany. Um, and it's weird because I actually signed the rights over to a German company. So there's a German release over there. And I don't know if that's like, you know, made people want to grab the, you know, the U.S. version with all the bonus yeah. features or what. But I sell a lot. Very, between Germany and Australia, it's, there's a lot of overseas sales. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I think what happens is, is word of mouth, especially around Halloween. You start getting into these 31-day mm-hmm. rotations and you know, people putting up, you know, just Halloween parties and stuff. I, I get hit up by a lot of drive-ins and haunted houses, you know, if they can play it outside, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the entrances and stuff like that. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever gets the exposure, you know, especially if they're yeah. willing to give me something, that's nice too. <laughs> but yeah, I really, <laughs> right. I really don't know. It just over time. Yeah. It's just, you know, people talk about it and I think it helps if you've got a good cast that, um, you know, they, to, they recommend it to people and it's not like when the project's over, that's the end of it. They never speak of it again. Um, mm-hmm. and Linnea and Ari, Ari Lehman are two perfect examples of that. When they go to shows, they constantly tell people to check out the barn. Um, mm-hmm. so they're always bringing attention to it, which is very nice. Something they don't have to do. Yeah. And it's weird. There's actually not a lot of uh, horror movies set in Halloween. I think there's more horror movies yeah. that, that, that take place in Christmas and Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, that was something when we put it out, I think that helped us out was because, um, there are, you know, yeah, exactly what you're saying. There's not that many Halloween themed horror films. And, uh, and I think that that's, even if somebody doesn't particularly like the story or they don't like the acting or something, they can appreciate for what we were going for, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with the Halloween tale, you know, the, the atmosphere. So they get a lot of people saying, like, oh, captured, um, like that, like Americana, you know, old country uh halloween vibe and i'm like oh thank you mm-hmm. and it's just like and i was people asking like how'd you do it like how did where did you find those locations i'm like that's where i live <laughs> it wasn't hard it's down the street you know uh-huh. uh, no, that's pretty cool though so who did the effects yeah. um we had a bunch of different people um most of the stuff that is like the uh you know like the actual practical like what you're seeing happen like the throat flashes and rips and all that was a an artist named uh, Robert Kuhn. And uh, we, he kind of came in towards the end with one of the harder stuff for us. Um, and then there was another FX artist named Dakota Corwin, 
So we did a lot of the monster stuff and uh, additional effects. So it was a it was a big team of people doing odds and ends. Even myself and Zane did some stuff on certain days um, when other effects artists couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Because that that part in the schoolhouse that took us probably seven days of shooting to do all all the kills with all the people and you know it was, it was a lot. To, it was more way more than we expected. We thought we could do it in two days, and that was mm-hmm. you know that that was not the case. Yeah. <laughs> so is Scream Team releasing? Is that your company? Yeah, yeah, that's something I started at uh, the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was basically, uh, it, it just kind of came from oh, multiple filmmakers asking me, one, how, how I went about self-distribution, how I was successful with it, but two, if I would sell their movie for them. And I, and I just kept saying, no, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to get into that because I know the stigma around distribution and, uh, and just in terms like how the people, how people feel and filmmakers talk about distributors. Um, but I worked with Rocky Gray on the barn. He actually did, he was the composer. And then after working on the barn, he enjoyed it so much. He wanted to set out and try to do his own film, uh, called 1031. And he got myself and a, and a couple other, um, indie directors, uh, involved. And, uh, when it was all said and done, he wanted to do self distribution himself as well. And about a month or so into it, he called me and he said, man, I, I totally underestimated the workload here with shipping and, you know, replying to emails and taking care of lost packages, just all that stuff. And uh, he said, is there any way you would want to take over for me? And, you know, we'll do some sort of like a split, you know, a split in the profit. And, and I, if it was anybody else, I would have said, no, no way. Uh, cause I'm not, I, I don't want to do that. And, um, but it was Rocky and, you know, we're good friends now. And, um, so I did it. And uh, the amount of foot traffic that bringing 1031 onto my site, you know, turned into more sales for the barn was incredible. And I started thinking, I'm like, well, wow, like this, this not only helped me, it helped Rocky. Um, it helped, you know, the barn get more traction than it was kind of losing some. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking, I'm like, well, maybe this is something I could start doing. And so I started hitting up some of the people that had asked me, and I said, you know, if you're still interested, you know, here's, here's what I'm doing. And if you want to do it, you know, we can uh, we can give it a shot, and you know we set terms and everything everybody was uh, comfortable with, and and so far I've put out oh I think I'm on my fifth release, and uh, it's been it's been going really good. Um, you know it's profitable, everybody's getting checks, and, and that's pretty much what I set out to do was to help filmmakers actually see money because like I was telling you about the, the festival circuit, I've met people that have made movies for you know a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, and they sold their movies to distributors that have never seen a penny. And that's sickening. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, working one-on-one with these filmmakers, I'm actually, you know, they're not going to get rich, nor am I going to get rich. But uh, but we're getting it out there and we're getting directly to the uh, the people that crave, you know, physical media. And, um, and we're, you know, we're making money doing it. So it, it is nice. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm seeing a track record so far, uh, you know, with, yeah. with my reputation with the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. About the, the physical media, because you hear so often people mm-hmm. say, you know, uh, physical media is dead or, you know, it'll be gone mm-hmm. in a few years. But it seems that, to me that uh, horror movie fans are always, uh, there's always cool new releases and seems like people collect them. Well, what are your thoughts on the idea that physical media w- will eventually be gone or that it's not doing well right now? Well, you know, I, I totally disagree that it's, it's not doing well. Um, I think people that say that are the people who don't buy it. So they're definitely not the target audience. <laughs> But, uh, oh yeah. And, you know, and I mean, 
it's very possible that it could end, but you know, look at records and, you know, um, then VHS tapes, like how to come back around with people buying them. And, and I sell vinyls and I also sell VHSs and I say, I sell way more than I would ever expect. Cause I'm just thinking who's actually watching or listening to this on you know, these formats, but there are people that want something they can hold and that's who I'm selling to. And, and I think that as long as those people stay around, that physical media will continue. I, I really don't know if it will ever like completely be dead. I can see it fading away, uh, you know, some and getting harder and harder, but you're right. Uh, I think, horror films in general are pretty much the target, you know, uh, those are our target audience for horror people. Um, I don't, I can't see, you know, dramas and comedies having, uh, you know, a footprint that needs physical media, uh, you know, that could work last as long, you know, mm-hmm. um, just, just because it seems like horror people will buy the same thing. Like I was just talking about Night of the Demon. They will buy mm-hmm. the same thing over and over and over as long as you package it differently, you know, Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I think that's, that's good. I mean, it, it is good. Uh, and the nice thing with physical is, you know, you, you're getting more money for the product, um, you know, mm-hmm. putting it out. And, 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 and like I said, it exists now. It's not some, some digital thing somewhere on a cloud, you know, that at any right. point they can remove it if they feel like it. Yeah, which we've been seeing lately. It's been a lot of, you know, uh, yeah. news items about that, you know, stuff being taken off. And then they'll just give you like a voucher for, you know, buy something else. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's yeah. not really the same as like your thing. No one just walks in and takes your DVD and says, you know, oh, well, I'll give you something <laughs> else. <for you." laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, the specials, too. I mean, I'm someone who, who I love listening to commentary tracks or watching, you know, different behind the scenes stuff. And, mm-hmm. You know, you can't get that if if you just, you know, watch Netflix or, or download something. No, no. And that's why I was, you know, and that's why I think that, like I was telling you, I think the Germany one is going so well. I'm selling to Germany because that's what I gave them to just the movie there was no bonus stuff so you know and i think that that's cool because that means people are you know they're seeing it somewhere and they want to see more of it so yeah i I Mm -hmm. totally think i totally think physical will will be around you know for at least a few more years hopefully Mm -hmm. we have some listeners in germany and uh you know there's big conventions there it seems like horror horror is like really popular in germany Mm -hmm. yeah I, I, i was surprised by the amount of people and uh and I, you know, I guess to me, I don't really know much about, you know, over there, but it seems like a lot of them, um, you know, I never have people from Germany ask if I've got like German subtitles or anything like that. Like they just buy whatever. Um, you know? So I'm like, that's pretty cool. Cause it would be really hard for me to buy something from Germany and try to sit there and watch it, you know, with the subtitles for every movie I bought. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 1031 is another one that's great, uh, poster art. Uh, it was the same, is it the same person or? Someone different? No, that's actually somebody uh, named Travis Smith uh, that Rocky is friends with. He does um, different artwork uh, for various bands. And I, I think one of the, one of the uh, he did he did a cover. Or he did some sort of alternate design from Metallica, and I think that's how Rocky found him. Um, but yeah, he's got a great the Machete Ghost one that you're talking about. Yeah, the floating ghost. Yeah, and the, yeah, that one's really sweet. I like the one with the witch too. That one's very cool. Okay, uh, honestly, uh, yeah. I think all of them are pretty cool. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. Which one now? Yeah, that one's very dark, and uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. With the for people, you can look on IMDb or, or your uh, Facebook page, I'm sure, and uh, see all the different mm-hmm. covers. But yeah, that one's pretty sweet. With the, I didn't even notice it before. It's the dripping machete. Yeah. Uh, so uh, 1031. That's um. 
an anthology. It seems like anthologies have kind of uh, made a comeback over the last few years. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that was the second one I got involved in. The first one I was a part of is Bonds of Blood, two horror stories. And that's where I met mm-hmm. some of the people I actually brought in to work on um, 1031 with me. But yeah, it's, uh, I think what's, what's nice about it is it goes back to networking and you know, the festivals. Um, you get to get together with all these other independent filmmakers from across the country and put your stories together and you know, make a film together. And, I, and I, uh, I see a lot, like you're saying, a lot of people are doing that. And, um, I think it's very cool because you know, there's not always going to be, you're not going to get you know, five or six great stories out of each movie. You know, there's, there's going to be at least one that's not as good or two that's not as good. But that's what's cool because you know, you know okay, 10 or 15 minutes, and if you're not digging that one, another one's going to pop up, and uh, you'll probably like it. So, uh, and, and it makes it easier, too, for everybody to, you know, making features is really tough, and even making shorts is tough, but, you know, at least with mm-hmm. the shorts, you know, you, you, you know what you're getting into, and you know that there's a certain time limit to fill, and, uh, you know, so it, it just, it lets you get something creatively done without being in the mindset of the feature and years of working. <laughs> I'm trying mm-hmm. to get it finished. When you make the those anthologies, um, does everyone go out and make their own short and then you put them together, or is there like do you get together and know what each person's making? Uh, well, in the case of Ten Thirty One, since I was only I was brought in just as a filmmaker, uh, I was mm-hmm. just doing my own. He gave us kind of Rocky was in charge of it. I basically I said this is what my story is, this is what I'd like to do, and you know basically he just gave final approval. And then I went and did it. Uh, working on Vines of Blood Horror Stories, that wasn't the case. I was asked to be you know, involved. And uh, then I actually, once I read a script I liked, um, it was you know, already written. They were already cast and all that stuff. So I actually went to Owensboro, Kentucky for a weekend, and then we shot the segment. And they shot the whole movie there. So uh, they, the producers, PJ Starks and Eric Huskinson, they... You know, they, they were in control of everything, so they were the main team, and they had all the same people shooting it, and the same crew, and all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, that's unique, because a lot of places don't do that. They do exactly what you said. Was, you know, I'm here in Pittsburgh. I'm going to film my story here. Rocky's in Arkansas. He's going to shoot his there. I think Brett, who did Bone Jangles. You know yeah. Brett. So where's Brett yeah. located? Is it... Uh, was um, it? I, I want to say somewhere in the mid the Midwest, I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, so it's all spread out, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, like I said, there's, that's kind of, in, in that scenario, we don't really ever meet up with each other. Uh, we just know what we're doing, and then we put it all together when it's all done. Um, yeah. So, you know, essentially, it's like, it's like a bunch of shorts put together, and then you get a wraparound story with it. As mm-hmm. where Lines of Blood was more of a, you know, it had stories, but the wraparound was, everything was shot by the same people, so that was very much kind of like for them in their, their case, like shooting a feature with multiple directors. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing a third one now. Yeah. Are, they're, are uh, they're working on it right now, trying to get funding. Uh, are you going to be involved in that? Do you know, um, they have asked me, I do not know. Uh, you know, I would like to, but they're shooting next year, I believe. And it all depends on if the barn part two gets funded, as if it does, sure. then it'll be very hard because Rocky's asking me to come and do uh, 1031 part two as well. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just, it's going to be very tough to try to do, you know, anything else out of the barn, uh, in that time frame, especially back yeah. in running a distribution company. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Brett, I'm in Brett's, uh, segment on cryptids. I have, uh, I play, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, well, yeah, you, who do you play? 
I play on just a voice, but I play the um, uh, radio DJ, I guess, in uh, Cryptids. Oh, okay, cool. Pissing. I think there's a radio DJ in the whole thing, too. But anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Uh, Brett's a cool guy. I like him a lot. I like Bone Jangles, too. Oh, yeah, really yeah, fun. yeah. Yes. And uh, his, he's actually one of the people that has... Uh, we're waiting on two more of the stories for Cryptids to come in. But his is one that's been finished for a while and very good. And uh, it looks beautiful. Some of the locations he shot with... Uh, have you seen any of it at all? Do you know any? No, I haven't. It? No. I know the okay. idea, it's, but it's I, haven't, cool. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. His, I'm, I'm pretty sure he shot it on a red, so it looks great. Uh, especially the creature effects, and it's very fun. So I think people are going to really enjoy That's cool. Yeah. So uh, besides Halloween movies, or maybe it was just Halloween movies, what like uh, really got you into horror movies and made you want to become a, a movie maker? Uh, well, uh, the first movie that I can remember watching that made me want to know how movies were made was the monster squad and i don't know why i knew i liked the idea of you know the classic monsters the Wolfman, dracula you know all that frankenstein and i liked the idea of the kids uh mm-hmm. but i wanted to know how they did things how did the Wolfman change um you know so it, that kind of started wanting to know like well how do they make fake blood and then i wonder where the people behind the camera are standing you know how many cameras are there where are the lights and that just kind of led to wanting to know more and, you know, growing up as a kid in the early nineties, of which today is so different, you, you know, the libraries didn't have books on stuff like that. Right. Um, there was like nothing. I remember like, I remember calling around to different libraries in Pittsburgh asking if anybody knew how to make fake blood and they thought I was like crazy. But you know, today you go on the internet and like, but internet tells you everything. Yeah. Um, right. So you I watch I like a YouTube tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. I remember getting these different, like, um, they, especially around Halloween time, there'd be these different magazines. I can't remember what they were, like some sort of Disney magazines, and they do like these little makeup tutorials or little stop motion animation projects, like how to do it on your own. And that's kind of how everything started with me. My first film I made uh, with my mom, I was five, and it was like a stop motion animation of Godzilla, like basically coming through a town and just smashing, you know, everything. So he's smashing, like, Batman's, <laughs> um, the Batman vehicle, and then he's shaking the Ghostbusters firehouse and knocking them out with Ninja Turtles. And, you know, just all that. Pretty much all the toys that had He-Man and stuff. So, uh, you know, I just, I found a love for it, and I never lost it. And when I got into uh, high school, uh, I found some people, you know, in my public speaking and video classes that wanted, that, you know, wanted to actually be serious about stuff. So we started making short films, and, that took us into college and that took me where I am now, uh, my third feature here and hopefully starting the fourth here soon. <laughs> Very cool. And I think, the, I think about the only book that was out is like, there was the Tom Savini book. Ooh, yeah, uh, I had that. Yeah. 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 The oh, Grand all the special effects. Yeah. 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 Oh, Troy yeah. here's, yeah. Troy's here's my, he's my older brother and he, he bought it for me for like uh, either Christmas or my oh. birthday. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. I remember reading it, and like they use like uh, Rice Krispies on um, uh, on the on the grandfather, just like little things like that is stuff you remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, then like in uh, I think it was Creep Show, the one with the cockroaches. It was a bunch of like peanut shells and stuff that they painted. Yeah, I think it was just cool stuff. You know, learn how they all the, those those tricks. Which actually, when I was like sixteen, I started thinking because I enjoyed the monster stuff so much that maybe. 
to get my foot in the door, I would do special effects and, uh, and then at some point go back into making movies. But my mom was very adamant about, no, you need to go to university. You need to get a bachelor's degree. <laughs> I was like, okay, mom. So that's what I did. I went and got a bachelor's degree and, you know, now I don't use it at all. I just make movies. Thanks mom. Thanks for the debt. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a good lesson for all the kids out there. Don't go to college. No, that's what I tell people. I, I get people all the time. They ask me about film school. I'm like, look, I will save you however many thousands of dollars. Find somebody making a movie. Go work on set. You will learn way more on set than you will ever learn in a classroom. I guarantee it. Um, you know, you can learn. You will definitely learn the knowledge. You know, maybe it comes to script writing or editing and stuff like that. But when you get on this in the field, go work with the people doing it. You'll learn way more from the guy holding the equipment than the teacher. Mm -hmm. I watched a B movie documentary number two recently and uh, pretty much everyone in there said the same thing. Like all the, you know, uh, they said, you know, like uh, for, you know, to make a movie, people asking me, how do you get into movie making? And they all suggested to like, go make a movie or go, you know, actually you, 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 they just say, go make a movie, but uh, being on set does sound like a better idea because then you can learn just being there. Mm hmm. Yeah, and like especially in the area I'm in, uh, a lot of you know film productions come through to uh, utilize the area, like the Manhunter, Mind Hunter, I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Season two was just here shooting. Um, and, oh wow! You know, literally anybody could go. You know, if you go to the production offices in Pittsburgh, you can get on set and you can work and you can be a PA or you know a runner or anything. But to get your foot in the door and you can start seeing how you know, how many working parts there are in, a, in the film industry. And, uh, and then you actually get to see things, like I said, you'll never see in the classroom. Even if, even if you do, like, field stuff with the classroom, they say go out and shoot something on campus. Like, you're never, it's never going to amount to what you're going to do on, on a movie set. You know, they can't prepare you for it. So, mm-hmm. um, I, and actually, my senior, yeah, my senior year in college, I did my internship with uh, the Emmys out in California. And I went out there and while working with them, I ended up going and working um, through them with the Hallmark channel. And I worked on some Hallmark films and uh, the experience just being in a Hallmark film set was just incredible Um, because it's like, it was, it was strange. It was like partial union, but not complete union. I'm not really sure how it worked, but people were, were willing to let you do things without like, don't touch that. You're not part of the lighting crew, you know, and stuff like that. Uh So, so it was really cool because I was a uh, onset dress uh, assistant onset dresser, which meant that I stayed on set if things needed moved or cleaned or something like that that was going to be seen. So like the lighting people would come in, do their work, the grips and all that, and then when it was time to shoot, everybody would pretty much have to leave, other than the camera ops, the boom ops, the actors, the director, the assistant director, and then me and the onset dresser because uh, we had to be there in case you know anything needed moved, like the background set stuff. So that let me, you know, a, a job title that I didn't think would be that fun ended up keeping me like right in, you know, in, in the, in the, what I wanted to see, which was the camera rolling, and, you know, and watching the director direct. So, you know, and like, I, like I said, I would have never, I never got that from school. Um, and there's no way anybody could have ever showed me or taught me that kind of stuff that, you know, that I experienced watching it and, and asking questions to the people that do it, you know, every single day. Mm-hmm. So for for Scream Team releasing, uh, are you guys are you actively looking for for movies or do you kind of pick and yeah, choose? Well, obviously you pick and choose, well, but you know, you know. 
I have to pick. Yeah, I have to pick and choose. I mean, I get a lot of stuff. It, it's tough because I know I know it's hard, you know, making indie films. So I, you know, I applaud anybody who actually gets gets their movie finished. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it is a business. So I have to look at it as, you know, I'm putting all my money into it to manufacture everything and to market it. And all that. So I have to make sure that one, is it sellable? Because not every movie is sellable. You know, even if you finish a movie, it doesn't mean that you're going to sell it. Uh, but two, does the target audience that I'm selling to, is this something they're going to pick up? Um, you know, so I have to be aware of that too. You know, I put out a few movies and they all sell. Some sell better than others. So I know uh, looking at my return customer numbers, like what people want from me, what they're looking from me. Um, so that makes, you know, that narrows it down a little bit more, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm always actively looking, uh, with this being the first year I've kind of, uh, I'm putting out a ton to kind of get my catalog built. Um, mm-hmm. but going into next year, it's probably going to be like a film every two months, uh, released, you know, cause it's, like I said, if I am doing the barn part two, it's going to be a lot harder. Uh, yeah. and then, pretty much all my profit from that will be going right back into the barn too. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I gotta be care- I gotta be careful there, but, uh, but I'm just now starting to dabble into retail and, uh, you know, uh, with some of the, the films and we already, I already have connections with family video and stuff like that. So it, I'm, I'm definitely getting the films out there for people and getting them exposure and, and getting them money. I'm just, uh, I'm not making them exposure deals right now that lead to no money, but great exposure if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I kind of, I kind of tell them that I'm like, you know, if you definitely want to walk into a Walmart and see your movie, then you should sign with somebody else. Um, because you know, my goal is, is to not put it at Walmart so that you don't get screwed over with all the back end stuff with consignment and, you know, actually sell it directly to the people that want it and actually making money right now, instead of you waiting a few years to see a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like I said, it's working so far. And I, and I think the filmmakers I'm working with appreciate that because, um, like I said, I have a, I have a lot of people I've met that, you know, one of the people I was working with, um, a couple years ago, he made a movie, he made it for like 50,000. He signed with a company that I warned him not to go to. And, um, he said it was fine. He had his attorneys look at all the paperwork and it's ironclad and, you know, everything's good. Nothing's going to happen. That's been, uh, probably yeah, about two years now. He's yet to see anything. Uh, when he did ask to see paperwork, they told him they'd have to, you know, he would have to audit them, uh, which, which obviously means, you know, he would have to go pay somebody to do that. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have the money. So, so that, that's the shittiness of like the distribution then, you know, um, and that's all the stuff I'm trying to, uh, avoid for filmmakers. And, you know, because mm-hmm. I tell people, I'm like, look, I'm out there. I'm at these shows. I'm meeting people. People know who I am when I, when I go to these events. I'm like, I, I'm not some guy behind a desk. Uh, that no one knows my face or knows my name. Um, so I have a lot to lose if <laughs> if I was to screw you over, you know. That's right. <laughs> Put posters yeah. up, get this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, how about um, uh, merchandise uh, bes- besides, like, the DVDs? Uh, would you ever want to do, like, shirts or anything like that? Well, I mean, we do shirts right now for the barn. Um, mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it, it's tough, like, in the beginning, people bought shirts, but they don't mm-hmm. sell as well as you would think. Uh, even keeping the prices down, like it cost me like it cost me around like nine nine to eleven dollars to do a full color shirt because I don't buy like a time at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sell them for fifteen, so I'm making, you know, so in some cases six bucks or four bucks depending on the size. And uh, you know, they sit there on the shelves forever. And then 
when I go to certain shows, people want sizes I don't have. And, you know, it's just <laughs> uh-huh. too hard. So um, I, I've tried to merchandise just about everything I possibly could for the barn to get attention, and it worked. But like now that you know that's kind of over with, and people know it exists, and I don't have to push it so hard, I haven't really been reinvesting in the merchandise part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have been approached by a couple of different companies that want to license the movies um, for mm-hmm. you know uh, lines. So that's in the works right now. I don't know exactly which films, uh, other than the barn. I know the barn will be coming out, but I don't know what other films are going to be picked up and you know have a have a T-shirt run through a company. Yeah. Here, now, did you ever make the board game? Yeah, yeah, I have it. I uh, that that's one of those other things. Um, you know, we we had a stack of board games for probably six months, never sold one, went to two shows, sold out, and reordered a, another batch, went to another show, and then, you know, left them again. So that's one of those ones, like, you just never know. Sometimes you, it just depends on what, you know, what convention you're at or, I guess, who spread the word that the board game exists. And, uh, you yeah. know, we sold a good amount to pay it off, but it was definitely more of a marketing tool than it ever was anything for profit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we had Nathan Thomas Milliner did the artwork for that. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. he's a filmmaker in Kentucky as well, and he's you know very well known uh, artist. Did a lot of Screen Factory releases. Mm-hmm. I'm a big board game fan, so I would have been into yeah, that. yeah. And I do yeah. like that because I was looking at your Indiegogo uh, page here just a second ago, and there's a very cool picture of you with uh, when you, I guess when you first uh, came up with the barn when you're like eight. And it's, yeah, you know, and yeah, you the artwork. Cool. That's pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're very well. So, uh, yeah, where I can people. Have that. Th- you still have the picture? I mean, you still have the actual picture? I still, I, I still have the actual book. Yeah. I, I, uh, when we were doing the festival circuit, I would take it around and show people. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, where can people follow uh, follow you to uh, know what's going on with uh, the barn and well, barn two? And- yeah. So, yeah, especially for the barn. Uh, you can find that on facebook.com forward slash the barn movie. Uh, there, I, apparently, there's another barn movie out now that's like about zombies and military or something. So it's not that one. Uh, it's the one with a minor on it. Um, but you can also go to screenteamreleasing.com, uh, which there'll be news there as well as all the new films I'm putting out. And uh, you can actually find me. I'm usually on Facebook, uh, Justin M. Seaman. Uh, I got a cartoon character of myself there. So you can back Very cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It was, uh, I, I really love the barn and uh, my friends oh, who've seen it, all, I'll dig it uh, from the convention scenes. And, uh, and oh, I good. look forward fun, to yeah. seeing the other stuff. Yeah. It's very fun. Oh, thank you. Kind of movie I like. Yes, thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. Well, it's great. Ham. Thanks for doing the show. Yeah. I'll be back sometime oh. if, if, uh, if you like. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Very good. All right, we'll be right back. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. we should have listened. The Tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming at night! Mostly! 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 
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. This is Matthew Fisher with Boombastic Films, and you're listening to Without Your Head. All right, we're back here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm still Nasty Neil. And I remain terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm. And joining us now, he's the maggot. David McDonough is on the line with us. Very cool to have you here. Thanks, guys. Hey, hey, everybody. Yeah. So how's everything going? Going pretty good. Going pretty good. You know, how are you guys? So, so where did the name Maggot come from? And I hope it, I hope it, you, you, well, I'll just say, hope it's not bad to call you that, but you do have it on your Facebook. Page. Everybody calls it. Yeah, you're just trolling yourself. <laughs> it's more of like a self-empowerment thing, really. Uh-huh. It's um, been my stage name since like 94. It was like, um, you know, like a stepdad thing. It'd be like, hey, Maggot. What you doing, maggot? You little maggot. <laughs> so in like, like '94, I'm just like, you know what? I'm taking that. So it's kind I of like, like a it. punk rock, uh, punk rock type thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I used to be called the worm as a kid. Nice. Yeah, I graduated in '94. Oh, cool. So uh, Groundhog, I I really like. I would say like I'm surprised, but I I really dug uh, Groundhog. Um, obviously, you know, it's, uh, it's a small budget movie, but it's really fun. I've watched it twice now and I think the dialogue is great. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. So where did the idea for Groundhog come from? The idea from, for Groundhog, um, it's going back to, you know, the monster squad, um, mm-hmm. from 87. Um, you know, when they're on the roof of, uh, the main kid's house, Sean's house. Yeah. And he's, he couldn't go to the drive-in cause he was grounded. So he's watching the drive-in movie, and it's Groundhog Day Part 12. And it was like a slasher movie. And I love the holiday. Like, girl, I've been watching horror movies since I was like two years old. I never had any restrictions. Even the video store let me rent when I was like really young, like by myself. <laughs> and um, so I always, I like, we had Silent Night, Deadly Night. We had like New Year's Evil. We had um, a whole bunch of like, like Friday the 13th, obviously Halloween. And we never had a Groundhog Day one. So for years, I'm like, I want one of those. So in 2013, I'm just like, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it, and we're going to have it. And, um, yeah, so I, I started writing it then, and uh, it was also inspired by a story I heard about. Um, I don't know if it's an urban legend that people just tell, but uh, someone said it. And they said it was during the snowstorm, and a guy was uh, plowing driveways with a snowplow. Mm-hmm. And the guy was also walking his dog at the same time. And he plowed mm-hmm. this one driveway. And the guy was in the driveway, and he pulled back a leash, but no dog. Oh. Yeah, so I can imagine, like, how, just, like, how devastating that could be to, like, a human being. Because that's mm-hmm. your pet, you know, that's your buddy. But what if it happened to, like, a human? What if that happened to, like, one of your loved ones, you know? Like, so, mm-hmm. those two ideas is just blended those together, you know? Yeah. So you had the idea for a while before you actually, you know, uh, wrote oh, the yeah, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I think it must be like a special to you to have, you know, this idea for a while and you'll finally have it made. Yeah. It's always, I always like to brew my scripts in my head for a number of years. And, uh, finally, like, well, I wrote a very rough draft in 2013 and then, you know, 2014, I hooked up with Boombastic Films, Matthew Fisher, Alex Hawk. And I finally met a group of like-minded people that I could actually make movies with. Cause I've been, um, I've been editing since high school, since like 1996 back when it was, like, tape to tape. Um, yeah, I've been editing way back since then, but, like, from, like, 96 
until 2014. I mean, in between there, I, I worked on another movie with one of my friends. But uh, we never had, like, a core group. We had to, like, force people to be in that movie. But mm-hmm. this way, with Boombastic Films, we could get, like, we could get actors, you know. We, it was pretty much, like, professional filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I've had scripts. I still got scripts brewing in my head. I, like, know what my next three movies are going to be. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. So where, where did you meet Matt? I met Matt, well, I was Facebook friends with him for for a few years. I think ever since he, when he started um, the DJ Stan the Man project. Uh-huh. Like the DJ Sandman film, I was friends with him for a number of years, and then in 2014, you know, we we were messaging each other, talking about movies and stuff, and he's like, "Like, would you like to come on and be an associate producer? Um, you could either stay at home and take the credit, or you could come work on the film and like learn the ropes and stuff." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Hell yes, hell yeah, yeah, I'm gonna come work." Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So that was Insomniac, and uh, we, you know, we wore so many hats on that, like so many. Like I was, I don't know how many different. I even did special effects. I helped out with those. I didn't do all this, obviously. But I helped out with special effects. Mm-hmm. But yeah, PA, um, script supervising, you know, whatever, whatever I could do to help. Like I, I was going to be that guy, you know. I was going to be the guy who helped move the project along, you know, because mm-hmm. I love movies so much, you know. Yeah. Which I just saw, I just saw it recently, and uh, the, I liked it quite a lot too. Cool, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's—I mentioned this with Matt last week. It's um, you know, it's a short film, but yet it's like twenty, it's over twenty minutes. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a same thing with a uh, groundhog. I call it a feature, but you know, it's not an hour and a half. But it's did—did uh, did anyone try to say, hey, you should make this like an hour and a half? Um. Yes. Um. Certain people saying you shouldn't should have made it ninety minutes, um, eighty minutes. But um, I'd like to think of it as just like there's no you know how you sometimes you get like B roll mm-hmm. and it's just random shots like you know, stuff a random thing like say random shots of like a house or something mm-hmm. like that. I was I always like to call it uh, all thriller and no filler. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> so, agree with you because I just think a movie should be as long as it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, as long as you can tell like a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, otherwise, like you said, you because I've watched lots of movies where it's clear they've you know packed stuff in just to get like a, like an eight minute or ninety minutes, and uh, you know a lot of it's not needed. And then it yeah. takes away from the from the finished project. Exactly, like it takes away from, like like it takes a lot, especially the way tension spans are these days. You don't want to you know lose it. You just want to keep hitting them with it, hitting them with the kills, hitting them with like the dialogue and whatnot. Keep it interesting, entertaining. You know. Yeah. So uh, Alex Hawk, you mentioned also with Boombastic Film, and he's in this. And mm-hmm. I've met him a few times and had him on the show. He's a very cool guy. So, yeah, um, awesome. yeah. So who are like uh, who are the core members of Boombastic Film? It is uh, Matthew Fisher, Alex Hawk, and me. So like we're like the three heads. All right. And we recently added a for um, a casting company, uh, Cosmic Boom Casting, with our friend Cindy. <laughs> And our friend Melissa Potter, she helps out a lot. She helps; those girls help us out so much, like with promotion and stuff, and just they help us. They they're like they are like our angels, really. Like like if there's Charlie's angels, those are the boobastic angels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sam Hayes uh, is a the star of uh, Groundhog. Uh, what what made you think he was like uh, good for the for the lead? Oh, um, Sam is just a. He's just a very theatrical guy, you know. He's very, he's he's got so many layers, and uh, we actually 
had a, um, a couple more people that were, uh, I think Sam, Sam was going to come on and do some lighting and be a grip or something like that. And then, uh, it kind of just like we, those people dropped out and it just kind of clicked in my head. I just kind of just saw, I just saw the potential in Sam and, uh, he, I was, uh, very pleased with the turnout. I am like, too. Like a, I always like him. Thanks, man. He's got like three layers. He's like an onion. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I see the poten- I see a potential killer here. Yep. <laughs> and uh, James Balsamo also uh, in Groundhog, mm-hmm. and he's always uh, he's always very fun. He makes very fun movies. And it's cool yeah. to see. You don't see. I don't see him in other people's movies too often. So it's cool to see him uh, pop up in Groundhog. Yeah, James is awesome. He's like such a professional. He gives you so much to work with. Like, I literally, like, if I could have afforded it to have more features on that DVD, there would have been, like, like an hour. There would have been a feature length gag reel with what he gave us to work with. <laughs> uh, you ever get sick of his puns? No. No, no I don't. <laughs> no, <right>? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the Sunday, like, sex act? Is that, is, is that something you wrote for him, or is that just something James is into? Um, That's just something I actually... I was on like a message board years ago and um, I'm also like a, like a published author and stuff. So I wrote uh, short stories, short horror stories. So I would go on that message board and uh, I get bored sometimes. So I'd uh, have people, I'd be like, throw some characters at me. There was some uh, like, kind of like a whose line is it anyway for like a short story. Uh-huh. So uh, this is like 2004, 2003. And I added this line in there about like a two cock Sunday. And it made people laugh, so I was always like, I always had that kicking around in my head. So like, I drew that in the script. <laughs> uh-huh. The uh, the power timelines, all him. Like like most of that stuff's all him. But yeah, Two Cock Sunday's been kicking around for a while. Yeah, I was a big fan of uh, of I was just saying I was a big fan of you shoving smoothies up your ass. But that sounds odd. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of you saying that in, in the movie. Thank you. I know that yeah, that one's a big hit. That was like. That was like me on uh, No Sleep, first time like uh, doing a feature on my own. Uh, well, you know, with Matt assistant directing, but kind of like taking the lead, like the lead, you know, reins on my own. No Sleep and uh, just kind of improving to make try to make Sam laugh, and uh, he didn't break. So <laughs> <laughs> it totally works in the movie. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Is Walter based on anybody you know? Um, it's kind of like a cross between myself and Kevin Smith, probably. <laughs> yeah, I try to like add like a little Kevin Smith touch to it, kind of like a the slacker type of ninety nineties type character, you know. Yeah. So you mentioned doing like editing for a long time. How did you get into to video editing? Was it just something you you did for it fun was, and then got into it? I went to uh, my first high school. I went to for the first three years, uh, Quincy High. Mm-hmm. Um. We had um, Quincy Co- like Quincy College right next door, and they had like um, like the trade program. You could like do any trade you want, like automotive and carpentry and stuff. And one of the options was communications and television programming. Uh, we'd run like um, the uh, what's it called uh, public access out of there, and we'd also do like we'd learn how to like lighting and how to run a TV studio and whatnot, make little short movies for like grades and stuff. So <clears throat> that's where I really learned the tape to tape. And uh, I took to it. I took to it pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, so I've been trying to master that craft as the uh, as technology has changed over the years. 
Yeah, I'd say it must be a lot different, you know, uh, mm. when things really went digital. Mm. Yes. But, you know, like I always like... But I it's the same ideas, I guess. Yeah. yeah just different tools. Linking the little parts together as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Well, what programs do you use now? Um, I'm using Adobe Pro Premiere, Premiere Pro 6, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I use too. But uh, I don't, cool. I don't uh, edit anything very interesting. But the, uh, uh, I hate editing. So what, what is it about <laughs> editing that you like? Oh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> it's like a, um, it's like a magic. Like, uh, basically, I'm just the guy who doesn't hate it. Um, I, sometimes I dislike it. Sometimes I. <laughs> Sometimes That's I want not to a ringing endorsement, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. But the guy that doesn't really hate it that much, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's basically the curve I'm like on is I don't hate it that much. <laughs> do you find that guy. it is something that so do you find that it is something that a lot of uh, other filmmakers uh don't really enjoy? So mm-hmm. like it's yeah. a it's a nice like uh thing for you two to get into? Yeah, it's a good niche to have, you know. Everybody comes, comes to me. everybody in our circle comes to me. <laughs> yeah, I know you. You edited um, the uh, B documentary too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I, I really did that. Did the music? Did a little, did a little interview in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw on your page where you do music. So you're. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a band? I actually. Um, that was kind of like my in between thing when I couldn't find a group of filmmakers to work with. I. I fell for the dream of being like a musician, so I did that for about like twenty years. Oh, that's uh, wild, many different bands, uh, pretty much like toured around and whatnot, and stuff. Played a whole bunch of shows. What, so what kind of? I was, what I, kind I was of always music? a singer, though. Oh, um, mostly like death metal, black, like death metal, black metal. Got okay. into the stoner rock towards the end there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you used that in Groundhog, right? At the for the mm-hmm. the closing track. Yep. Yeah, uh, well, we used um, the one girl, Pete, in there. That's uh, Lilith Astaroth. Her band is when she's walking out of the bar. That's her band, uh, Sorrow Seed. And then her band is the first band at the credits. Mm-hmm. And then my band, my other, my band, Children of the Dying Sun. That was uh, second after that one in the credits. Oh, that's cool. But every band except for hers is, is bands I've been in, like the Butcher's Dog and Children of the Dying Sun. And then mm-hmm. I did the score and stuff. So once you started to find, you know, other people like Matt and stuff to, to make movies with, um, uh, did you stop doing the music? Did you find like the making movies is really, you know, your passion? For, I mean, it went along for about two more years. Um, and then I just kind of like, I didn't lose the passion for music, just be just the whole band dynamic. Sure. Really? Cause like, it's like a, it's like a four or five guy marriage, you know? bands are and everybody's got different personalities mm-hmm. and it's hard to like because sometimes it's kind of hard to like keep it glued together so having mm-hmm. that like goes where it went like so many times over and having to start again it's just kind of right now i'm just doing the whole john carpenter thing <laughs> just by myself <laughs> yeah so uh how did you get involved with nick charles to uh to edit uh b movie b documentary too nick charles um uh, Matt met Nick Charles because they were both from Weymouth at the time. They were both living in Weymouth. I think Nick, Nick still lives in Weymouth. Um, 
they met at like a was it like an Elvis impersonator show? Oh, really? That's yeah. They were like they're both filmmakers. And they were unaware of each other, and then somebody like uh-huh. kind of kind of hooked. Were they out, work with were this they, guy. Were they dressed as Elvises or were no, they just no? Like, You're they just know making this up yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they know an Elvis impersonator, and it was he was uh-huh. playing like a show. Uh-huh. So then he um, came on, did some assistant directing on some shorts we're doing for uh, Tony Newton out of the UK. He did uh, this one called Murder World that's on Tony Newton's anthology To Die For, and then Victoria that's on Grand Exploitation 3. And then Nick just kind of became like a staple in our group after that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Nick, I believe he's on the line, Nick Charles. Hey, Nick. That's me. David. Hey, How's it going? How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. He was just telling, he's just uh, talking about, you know, I uh, working with you on uh, uh, B Documentary 2 and how you met Matt at a, uh, at a Elvis. I thought like you guys were dressed as Elvis, but. <laughs> um, I was. No, I no, we weren't. Like... We weren't dressed as Elvis. No, no, it was. In, all right. So it was an Elvis impersonator. Uh, B Documentary came out and um, his uh, girlfriend. The Elvis impersonator came up to me. We were talking because I, I used to bring my kids there every weekend. We'd have fun. Um, and she was just like, oh, well, you know, I, I know another filmmaker from Weymouth. And, you know, you might want to meet him. So I hit him up on Facebook and then we all became happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> and I met this so- this beautiful bastard here. And he's and, and David's great. Thanks, man. Yeah, David. Oh, so, so, uh, who did, who edited uh, the first documentary? Uh, my brother did. Okay. So, yeah, he did a great job, but I think um, we traveled so much, and I don't know. He he just wasn't digging it in the end. It just wasn't for him. <laughs> I can understand. I'm not a fan of of, of the editing process, but. <laughs> It's cool that, that that you guys got together. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he did more than that. I mean, he he like he he traveled with me. I I we did planes, trains, and automobiles. And uh-huh. at, near the end, it was just like I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, okay. <laughs> like a brother. It's a it's a brother thing. I have I've worked jobs with my brother before, and we almost like got in fistfights. <laughs> yeah, and and we and we weren't really fighting. It was more like he he actually worked for uh he does he used to well he does do video games and uh, he worked for Warner Brothers and uh, he did Dungeons and Dragons and um, what is it called uh, shit this is this is stupid I, I don't know why oh Lord of the Rings uh, online oh, and Dungeons oh, and Dragons oh. so he he and Turbine he worked for them and and uh, Warner Brothers came in. And that was his thing, and um, I think the movie thing wasn't. So, but whatever, he did a great job, and I and I always appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Troy's actually my brother, but we get along. We get oh, along cool. well. I think a lot of it is because we're nine years apart. Yeah, oh, that's cool. our secret. <laughs> oh, hey, oh! So you just let out the secret here yeah, live. That's <laughs> true, for free, no less. Uh-huh. We usually have a seminar on this, but tonight we're giving out a freebie. Yeah. You know, it, much like uh, D- David talked about, you know, being able to watch any movies you wanted since you were a kid. It was the same way. My, our mom let me watch whatever, and uh, actually, to that, he she had to sign a thing at the at the video store to let me mm-hmm. rent, uh, you know, any movies I wanted. Except for they still wouldn't let me rent NC Seventeen. I think, oh. but that wasn't oh, around that's, until that's, later. Yeah. <laughs> NC-17. Are we talking about Emmanuel? 
<laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if there's anything I was really. I was just more into the horror movie. You know I what still I'm think talking like, about. Like, I know. I remember. I don't believe HBO that were into like, that anymore. Like Cronenberg's Crash and like Showgirls and stuff. Yeah, yeah they might Showgirls. Probably, yeah, that, that was that the first NC-17 Showgirls. Um, there was one with a uh, dude from uh, Tremors and some uh, some French girl. Can't, it's it's like Henry and, Henry and June. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the first one, but one of the first ones. Yeah. So, uh, D- David, what were some of like the the movies you were watching at that time that you know made you want to make your own movies? Oh, the first the first one I ever saw was uh, the original Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on um, in the living room at my grandmother's house when I was like I think I would because my memory is really long. I was two years old. Everybody was in the kitchen talking all the adults were away from the tv and i was i uh-huh. walked in it was on hbo and i was like mesmerized by like the color of the zombies like you know the grays and the the blues and mesmerized by the color of the blood and the gore and stuff and i was just it was almost like there was a tractor beam dragging me to the television <laughs> and that's how i like found hellraiser and whatnot when i was a little bit older and like raw head wrecks mm-hmm. um also grew up with the monster squad garbage Pail kids movie howard the duck um Anything Fred Decker, Night of the Creeps, um, anything George Romero, anything Clive Barker, Pr- pretty much all of those for like Fright Night I saw when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday the Thirteenth movies, the um, the original Night of the Living Dead, the Savini Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. I saw Freddy's Dead in theaters when you could see it like uh, 3D at the end. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and Freddy, Freddy Vision, I believe. Yeah, Freddy. Did vision. you wear the Dave? Did you wear the 3D glasses? Yes, yeah. Well, I, the thing is, I was trying to wear the things the whole time. I did, right. too. All right. All yeah. right. I'm not the only one. All right, cool. Yeah. I, I got that, and I try, I'm try. i sitting there like an idiot in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. I'm like, I don't I don't see anything. Uh, it's like the last yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, I, I did the same. I, I went and saw it at the theater, too, at Freddy Vision. Mm-hmm. Was, I don't know what the cue... Did it tell you, like, on the glasses or something? Oh, it's when, it's when she puts... You know when she's sitting on the couch, she's laying on the couch in the um, uh, Yafet Koda. What's his name? Yafet. Uh, his the therapist couch. Oh and, uh, yeah, she yeah, puts yeah, them, yeah. She puts yeah. them on, and then they dissolve in her head. And that's when you put yeah. them on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you buy the DVD. I have the I have the box set of like the whole entire Nightmare on Elm Street, and I even did the same thing. I fell for it again. I was I, mean, <laughs> I put them on, and I was like, I'm like. I was with my ex-wife, and I'm looking at it. Still like, don't Do you work. see anything? <laughs> yeah, I was like, do you see anything? <laughs> oh, well, they're not going to work on my gut. <laughs> well, Nick, Nick, if you watch it again, try try the glasses again. Maybe they'll work the, the third time. <laughs> you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start from the beginning of the film, and I'm going to see what happens. Uh-huh. Start from Maybe the previous different. film. <laughs> you watch, uh, watch the dream what, uh, three sun or whatever it is. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. remember <laughs> I'm just going to watch I'm just going to put them on through every single every single <laughs> every movie one of these it's going to work for some movie the godfather is <laughs> going to be in 3D watch it for the remake <laughs> you want to jump out the window <laughs> it's in the room with me no get it out <laughs> 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 I remember when, when I was a kid when the 3D movies were. I don't know. Do you guys remember like Channel 38 and 56? Yeah, yeah. 
You know, the and heat then, like, is you... on <laughs> Channel 38. Do you remember that? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that was years ago. I was a kid. <laughs> I remember, like, you know, when they'd show a 3D movie, you'd have to go down to, like, the local, like, uh, no, not 7-Eleven, but something like that, and, you'd, you know, you'd get your 3D glasses, and was always, I was Project always so excited. Yeah, I, I like it was, exactly it was. Combies yeah. or something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd always be disappointed. The 3D never lived. <laughs> Like, no, uh, that's what's think, so amazing about the new 3D when you watch it now. It's like, holy shit, things actually come out of the screen. Yeah, and, and you don't have to wear the glasses. You <laughs> get a good TV. That's oh, the best part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember having a lot of fun at Piranha 3D. It's not like a great oh, movie, yeah, me but, too, yeah. but oh, it is yeah. a lot of fun. It doesn't, it doesn't live up if you watch it not in 3D. But mm. uh, and the theater in 3D, it was it was pretty cool. It's pretty wild. Yeah, that's an all. I didn't get to watch it in the theater. Mm. Actually, yeah, blood and boots. Yeah, I think he's stuck in a skeleton key after that one. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Calling him up. <laughs> I just remember there was some gorilla movie in 3D. It was like a old black and white movie. That was oh, one of the ones oh, they would yeah. show on 38 or. Mighty Joe Young, was it? No, it was uh, Murders in the Rue Morgue. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was, all right. So that was originally a Lugosi film. That's a that's yeah. a um, yeah. That, that's a classic. Um, but what you're talking about, it was later from Lugosi. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I never did get to see a creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D. I know they showed it not too long ago in Boston, but I never get to hey, see. Hey, he's coming. Uh, he's come to Salem, you know. Oh, Rico Browning? Yeah, he's coming. He's going to be there like in October. I see. I, I, I don't. You, you go to uh, Salem Horror. Yeah. Uh, they're doing like a film festival. I think they just play the Toxic Avenger. I think um, uh, what's the name? Well, the one that played Elvira uh, Peterson. She's she was going. She's going to be there. I think it's all sold out already. But yeah, uh, Gilman's coming too. I just heard. Sweet. So because. Uh, we had Ben Chapman on the show who played the Gill Man on the for the land yeah. scenes years ago, and uh, so the, Rico back. Browning is the Rico Browning is the one who does the the underwater scenes. Try so, Rico. Yeah, that's very right. cool. well. You know what? You stumped me now. Which one is it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's got to be Rico. <laughs> it's one, ben it's one of them. <laughs> ben Chapman passed <laughs> away, so I'm sure it's Rico. <laughs> right, also, so, well, who knows? It's Salem. It's, Maybe they're doing like uh, well, they've got. <laughs> They got a medium there to talk. <laughs> hey, if Ben Chapman shows up, that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's going to be a great show. <laughs> I agree. That's pretty badass. <laughs> so, do, you, do you have any plans for Halloween, David? Oh, yeah. Um, we do the uh, uh, Boombastic Films uh, Halloween at uh, mm-hmm. Capitol Theater and Creamery in Arlington. Yeah. Nice. We play t- usually two features and a, and a bunch of shorts. And uh, we let people come get some candy and stuff. They come in costumes. We usually have a, a costume contest. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. We got a really, um, a really, uh, it's a surprise film we're working on now. I'm just editing it together and doing some sound on it. Oh, really? Yeah, people, I think it's it's in everybody's wheelhouse. People are loving the type of movie these days. It's still kind of like in the secret stages, though. All right. Well, I'll tell you, Dave is, really, Dave is really good at editing and making music. I can tell you that. Thanks. Yeah. 
No, I know he's very, he's a very talented man. We just worked on Bully, and he, and like he shocked me when he he would just sit there and like, all right, we're gonna do this with the music, and he just all of a sudden came out with really fucking cool shit out of nowhere. So, so like, yeah, I, was like, it? What's that? Go on, Dave. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking, is it like original music, or was it just stuff you like you thought would fit the scene, or? Um, um, yeah, I just kind of, um, I, I kind of get like, like I've watched so many horror movies. I kind of just like get possessed when I make it. That's Nick. I kind of go into like, kind of like the zone and, uh, just from yeah. knowing like musical scores and stuff, I just kind of know what will fit what. Mm-hmm. Well, he was definitely in the zone and we had like a, <laughs> like a carpenter theme type of like, cause the way bullied was filmed, it was. We, because he remember. Well, if you guys haven't seen it yet, but it was a crazy scene, which it just fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it took, I don't know, maybe what five seconds to do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, and, and it was perfect. There was no, there was no second take. It was just like, boom, that's it. Yeah. Like displaying the like insanity that's going on in the scene, kind of like mm-hmm. uh, audio insanity. Let's. Uh, well, can you give us an idea what uh, bullying's about? Nick. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, uh, both my kids are the stars of this film. They are both. All right. So, there's um, a girl named Izzy, which is played by my daughter Faith. Um, she gets picked on so bad in school, like on the. It's like at recess on a playground, and so basically, she gets picked on so much, and she goes up to the principal, which is played by Hawk, Alexander Hawk. He's he's. He's a legend. I don't know if you heard of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the um, You know you have. Yeah. And um, so he just kind of like brushes her off and she's like, fine, I'll take care of it myself. And it was a pretty brutal and bloody scene. I, you I, you guys probably seen it on Facebook, I'm sure. Because I, yeah. I posted outtakes, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was really hard working with kids involved. And it was also really hard working and or actually asking the parents to be like, Hey, you kids want to be in the movie? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, Oh, cool. Okay. Well, this is going to happen. Like you're going to, my son's going to get destroyed with a baseball bat. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, I'll get back to you. And they never showed up. Very, very cool though. No, actually, it couldn't work. It couldn't work. Honestly, the one, everyone that came in, uh, like with uh, Marie Sullivan, Marie Kumo, um, everyone, everyone. I'm, I'm. There's more names. Uh, Kelly. Everybody did great, and their kids did great. And not one of them, like when you think about like directing kids, you're like, okay, you you get them prepared for the worst. Like everyone's running around screaming, and you can't control them. But everyone was like super cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. But in the end, I'm 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 rambling right now. I'm sorry, but <laughs> everyone did a great job. Dave did a great job editing, and the music was fantastic. And it only and it only took like I don't know what Dave what was it like a minute? Not even in total, like the whole score, maybe like half an hour to forty five, maybe less. So wow. that's gonna come out. That's gonna come out on. Um, it's gonna be like a, a compilation of uh, shorts 
from Tony Newton from our boys over there in in England. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called Halloween Hell Night, mm-hmm. and it should be. You'll hear about it more soon. So. Hmm. That's cool. That you know, I hear so much about Tony Newton. It's really, um, and it's it's Tony's always a with uh, a lot of people that I know. You know, in, the, in Boston, it's just always. Uh, Weird to me how he got associated with like a lot of filmmakers of Boston being in England. No, he's he's everywhere. Um, I found out I was in a movie that he's in it, and I didn't know it until the other day. He's he's everywhere. He's he's, he's yeah. a great guy. So, uh, uh, David, when you're edit before you're editing, uh, now did you, did you, you know you were going to edit uh, be documentary two before you were being interviewed? Or did it come about after you're being interviewed? I think after with Nick, right? Um, no, I I asked you. Oh no, wait, yeah, beginning. yeah, before, yeah. And I asked you yeah, to be yeah. a part of it too. Yeah, I remember now. All right. Yeah, what was no, that experience like? <laughs> All right. So, what was the experience like, though? You know, being interviewed for for the uh, documentary. It was fun. I think I had a little bit too much fun. I was, I was. Uh, I was inebriated. I don't think All anybody right. else in the in the documentary was, but uh, well, Besides, well, yeah. if you if you watch the movie, you're holding a beer in your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, out of I think out of all the questions, that was probably a six pack in my hand. <laughs> but I had fun. It was that was a fun night. Yeah. Maybe you thought that's what the beast stood for. Oh yeah, beer. It's beer documentary <laughs> part two. Part two. What were you saying? But beer documentary part two. <laughs> beer documentary part two. And, but you know what? That, oh, before that. Um, so yeah, I mean, like. Oh well, Dave did a lot for that too. I mean, besides, I mean, editing was a pretty big deal. He did the oh. music too, or or he, he. We use we well, Dave. You did um, some sound for um, Joe Bob Briggs and oh, yeah, Adam yeah. Green. Mm-hmm. When they were uh, when we interviewed them, I was recording their because uh, it was very loud where we were interviewing them, like uh, a very commercial areas. Like Adam Green was at Rock and Chalk, and uh, Joe Bob was in a hotel, like a restaurant area. Mm-hmm. So I uh, we had to like we had to uh, isolate the sound. So you know, I did the sound for those, and it was uh, it was great meeting Joe Bob. And I've met Adam before, but uh, it was mm-hmm. it's always always a pleasure to meet to meet him and talk to yeah. him and stuff. Yeah. It's interesting. Those, I think, are the only two guys in the in the documentary that suggested you go to uh, film school. I think everyone yeah. else said to. Uh, I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying it was interesting because uh, pretty much everyone else said just you know go make your movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, I don't yeah, know. Every, every, yeah, everybody has a different way of doing it. I went to film school, but I I I, I fucking dropped out quick. <laughs> I did. I mean, it's like 80 grand for two years. And then I started meeting people like, Hey, you know, like, well, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And you just got to kind of like promote your work. Even if it's just flyers or mm-hmm. well, when I went to college, there was no social media. There was no Facebook. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, I mean, you can do, I don't you, uh, honestly, you should go. You should go to college and learn English, like just 
writing a script or just writing. Just go there and also have a backup job as well because you're not going to fucking make it in life just filmmaking. I think we all know that. That's one thing they teach you. That's one thing they teach you in film school, though, is like to charge for what you do, like right out the gate. And uh... (laughs) yeah, my 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 professor was just like, "Hey, if you guys are here to make millions of dollars, he's like, see that door right there? Get the fuck out." (laughs) Those were his exact words. Uh, I think I would have maybe like I would have started making movies sooner if I had gone, but I'm glad that I didn't get into it. Like I, like I am now until I was in my thirties because I believe like I believe when you're in your thirties you actually have like stories like worth telling and you like you've lived a life you have experience in life mm-hmm. and uh, if you're in your if, oh man like fuck my twenties <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to watch a movie that was made in my twenties like fuck that guy <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you you don't want to see a movie I made in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> So would you, so it's, I guess you're all self, everything uh, you're self-taught then, David? Um, yeah, self-taught, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Even in that, even in that high school class, I pretty much like went and did my own thing. And the teacher, the teacher was kind of one of those teachers where you could give them a nervous breakdown, <laughs> like, like just by like, like dropping a pencil. So I kind of like, kind of like I was the guy who would go off and like, I'm going to use the editing machine, <laughs> like whenever I could. Uh, <laughs> so pretty much self-taught. Yeah. Uh, we got some questions here for you, David. Matthew Fisher wants to know, do you find it difficult juggling the groupies and offshore bank accounts? Oh, man, it is rough. It is rough. It, it chafes. <laughs> it's very, very chafing. I got to buy this cream. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just rough. It's so rough. It's so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that? Okay, so when we were editing B Documentary 2, that prescription for Valtrax. Yeah, it came, man, yeah. you know. Came Nobody in, knows you know. what Valtrax is, do they? <laughs> I know somebody that. I think I've you seen do. that on TV. You do. Um, Everybody listening, Google it. Yeah. As well, the Jersey Shore pretty much made uh, put Valtrax on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Troy seems to know what's going on here. Uh, I don't know. No, no, I've seen the ad. <laughs> yeah, because when they take it, they can go swimming and kickbox. Yeah, and but the herpes—they they just keep coming back, you know. They just yeah. do. It, it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> uh, Mike Terry wants to know uh, uh, what were some of the challenges you faced getting uh, Groundhog done, and what are some themes, topics you'd like to cover in future projects? Um, challenges definitely like budget-wise. Uh, our budget was seven thousand dollars. And that was borrowing and paying back, and that was paycheck to paycheck. So I didn't really. I mean, I could I could live obviously because I can I can miss some meals, you know. But um, but it, like it's like uh, spending your entire paycheck for the week in like a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, just paying it out of your paychecks and stuff. So the budget was challenging. Um, what one thing that was challenging that you wouldn't think is challenging is the script takes place in a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And that was the that was the one winter where we got like maybe two snowstorms. <laughs> right. So it was like no snow falling, except uh-huh. for two scenes. <laughs> and I th- I think it was then it was probably like the summer after that or maybe before that where we had like snow the entire winter. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like falling. Oh, I was that... expecting it. I was expecting it a rough winter, but that's just yeah. my luck. Um, 
themes I want to get across in future films. Um, there's the underlying theme in Groundhog of like, of just like, you know, the work, you know, work environments these days being kind of like hostile and whatnot. And uh, it could drive you crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of pans across like the whole, uh, the whole Groundhog in its entirety. It's like a, like job, job space horror, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, seems I want to get, I know I want to do a musical. Be, That's cool. Yeah. Um, you should call it uh, David the Musical. David the Musical. Hey, this is about me. Let's do it. Let's just do it. <laughs> this movie's about me. me. I'd watch it. I would too. <laughs> I would watch that shit in two seconds. No. <laughs> so you tell you tell two copies. <laughs> I want I want to make a creature feature kind of like Gremlin style. Uh, all right, that's very cool. Mm. That sounds expensive, though. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically, challenges are just like money. <laughs> well, we we can we can butt heads with Boombastic and and Billy Coin and maybe make something. You know, we could <laughs> do Coin, make me some puppets. <laughs> Billy Billy Coin can do that. Get me Billy Coin on the line. And make me some puppets. Who's Billy Coin? Oh, Billy Coin. Yeah, who's Billy uh, he did, Coin? Um, he did uh, special effects on Groundhog, Insomniac. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a big part of the uh, All right. There's a great effect for the, uh, for, for the like, the flash or the dreams, I guess, of the uh, of the dead girlfriend. Yeah, Not the spoiler movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he used for the guts, for, like, the uh, intestines? Yeah, he's, he's got his own secret. All right, we got to get Billy on the show. I don't All know right. if he'd spill. I don't know if he'd spill his secrets. Oh, he spill his guts. <laughs> he might spill his guts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we use those intestines for your zombie movie. You remember? Well, those yeah, those intestines multi-use. It's all about multi-use. It's all all about what special effects are kicking around. I think we use them in like four different things. <laughs> Everybody was all made up, and here's this tasty Irish-looking dude, which is me, covered in blood, and I'm like eating intestines, and that's the same intestines I believe that was in Groundhog, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's actually another thing I directed uh, a short for one of Tony's uh, movies. It's a zombie anthology called uh, Z, and mm-hmm. I believe it's coming out. Um, it's coming out soon. I did one call. I did a short called uh, The Lo- Lonesome Death of Tub of Guts. It's like a, like a pretty gory zombie short. I like it. I like the, I like the name. The, Thank you. Check it out here. I like the zombie here. Nick's pretty good. I think you yeah, make a you good zombie. Yeah, you should see me. I, I killed it. I killed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was the first AD or second AD, right, too, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. That was a fun night. We, it was a great night. That yeah. was a good fun night. Two years ago, I had 14 inches of my colon removed. I could have saved it, and you guys could have used it. <laughs> Yeah, hey, well, I might have a few ten inches taken off mine pretty soon. Uh-oh. We gotta save them, man. We gotta put them in a jar. I'm gonna save them. And that'll be our next film. They're called Ten Inches Off Nick's Colon. <laughs> what's what, what, why, why, what's going on there? I don't know if it's something we want to talk about. Oh, I, my, oh, my stomach's been terrible for years. Hmm. Let's see I, here, I, I, uh, Brett. Uh, go on, sir. Oh, uh, Brett, Brett who? Brett has a question. He's from Pittsburgh. Brett Brozovich. Yeah, he's my boy from Pittsburgh. 
Oh, cool. All right. Very cool. He wants to know, how long did it take to film Groundhog? Groundhog took, it was the January of 2016. We started the second weekend. We did the following. So it took it took eight days altogether. So it was like every weekend from the second weekend to the end weekend in January 2016. Mm-hmm. Not too long, then. But, uh, but how long? The From there, process. how long is that to edit? Yeah. <laughs> a year. <laughs> yeah. A little over a year. So where what do you do with Groundhog after it's done? Did did it play at any like uh did you play any festivals or anything? We um we we premiered ourselves at a Capitol Theater in Creamery in Arlington. <laughs> on uh we couldn't book somebody had already booked Groundhog Day twenty seventeen. So we booked the day after twenty seventeen. All right. Uh-huh. And uh, that was a really fun night. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a good. What night. was that? I, I stayed. I stayed for both shows, and I was like, I "Let's play third one. Let's <laughs> do a third <laughs> one." <laughs> so, what, what's that experience like, David? To you know, watch your film uh, with an audience there. Um, it's you know, like it's fun listening to the reactions and stuff, and that's where you find out what works and stuff. Like when I was a teenager, I used to do stage plays. And you find out what works immediately with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, with film, you have to wait till like what comes in theaters, or you watch it with a group of people at home or whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's very, just very. We have it's been very positive so far, and I couldn't couldn't be happier with the reactions we're getting. It, you know. So now the one that you guys have out, like on DVD, is that the is that the the same version of the movie that that played in Arlington? Yep. Or did uh-huh. you change anything after the? Uh, all right. Um. No. No, I just that was the uh, through the multiple edits. You know, when we're working with Bubastic Films, you get you know Matt gives you notes and mm-hmm. notes and notes and notes until you get a perfect version of uh, the in, with the script too. Until you get a perfect version of the script and a perfect version of the film. And now, pretty, Dave, pretty, now, can can you still get the um, like the um, the groundhog and the, the behind the scenes still? Oh um, yeah, DVD no, behind the scenes. Is uh yeah it's on the uh it's on the the DVD it's one of the special um one of the is only it double disc features. or just one just one it's got uh two commentary tracks and it has the forty four minute behind the scenes documentary on it ah uh, okay cool I thought there was a second disc to it my bad I um, but that's so that's so cool once uh I mean once um if we ever put it out if we can ever afford to put it on Blu-ray well we'd um either fit the second uh, there's like a part two to the documentary. We'd either be able to fit that on there, or you know, it's on YouTube now though. So I'm looking at the uh, the the DVD here, and then it's got the soundtrack, uh, like the little um, the doodles. Are those your doodles? Oh yep. Mm-hmm. I like cool. to make uh, different drawings for for every uh, every soundtrack. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, where can you get that? Where can you get the Groundhog? Oh, I mean, you can get it from us. At, uh, just contact me or. Um, David Maggot McDonough on Facebook. Shoot me, a, um, you know, a private message and whatnot, or or contact Matthew Fisher on on Facebook, or Alex Hawk, Alexander Hawk on Facebook. Pretty much, just get it, you know, get it through us. We're just uh, self distributing it. Yeah, no, that's cool. You can buy it from Nick, like in an alley. Yeah, you can get it for Nick's got a Nick's got a, like a bootleg box. It's I have a ton of with them. The I've, I've been I've been ma- I've been I've been banking. <laughs> I, like I like. I've been sitting here selling all these Groundhog DVDs, and I'm like, li- I'm like wiping my ass with a hundred dollar bills. 
every day. <laughs> I see the gold rings. I see the gold chains. You know. <laughs> so, what kind of what kind of like extra stuff is on the DVD? On the DVD right now, we have the forty five uh, forty four um, minute um, just like interviews with the with the cast and crew and whatnot. Um. And there's a commentary track with the cast and crew and a commentary, a producer's commentary track. So two separate commentaries. Cool. I would like to check those out. I really enjoy it. Well, from what I understand, we're actually going to have a copy uh, to give away. Maybe you don't know this. Uh, 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 for our annual um, costume contest mm-hmm. without your head. So that's going to be cool. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but if, you, if, you, if you're right. not going to win, you can go buy yourself a copy. <laughs> I'm not, well, can I dress up? I'm gonna sure. do it. You can, you can do I'm whatever gonna you win. want. I'm gonna win this one, <laughs> even though I own it already. I have it already, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna dress up and win it. Yeah, well, well, there's also the bragging rights of winning the, the costume it. contest. It's fun winning yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just fun to having your picture up there. Do you are are either of you guys gonna dress up for Halloween? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll be. We'll be at the uh, that uh, Halloween, all yeah. dressed up. Yeah, you know, I'm like, gonna be just. I'm you. just gonna come up as myself, and it's pretty scary <laughs> just alone. I don't even need. To, I don't even need to dress up. <laughs> I think I'm gonna win. Man, you I'm know gonna what you're gonna dress up Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to tell you apart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you do you have any idea of what you will dress up as, David? Um. When I dress up, I usually do. I used to. I usually do the Michael Graves makeup. You know, when he was in the Misfits and stuff. Nice. Let's call makeup. Gotcha. Be cool. Troy, do you know what you're dressing up as yet for Halloween? Troy. So with us. Troy, you there, Troy? Troy. I called him when he was. He's probably. I know his dogs are barking early. He's probably watching the dogs. Ah, so he take care of the dogs. That's okay. Yeah, we'll let him pass this time. So, uh, Nick, beside besides yourself, do you think you will uh, dress up as anything? Well, it's going to be. I'm going to try to make it there because I I have to take my kids out trick or treating. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's like our night, and yeah. I missed last year's unfortunately because I'd be there in seconds. No, there was there's no doubt about that. Um, if I if if we're done early, I'll, I will be there. Mm-hmm. If I could dress as something, that's a tough one. I might just dress up as myself because I'm still fucking cool. <laughs> yes, yeah, how about, how about you know, you're supposed how to how laugh, about... Neil. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't leave me <laughs> I've well, how about... been a Halloween costume. So. Hey, the, the dog, hey, the dog's done barking? <laughs> they are this time. <laughs> you know what you're doing this year, Troy, for Halloween? What you're dressing as? Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to do like a double whammy type thing or if I'm going solo. Now we, what, whatever. You guys going to go to Arlington or like what are you doing? What are you guys doing? Well, I, Matt did invite us and I'd like to go, but I, I'm also go. flying to Buffalo, I think, like the next day. So hopefully I can make it. Uh, you got oh, stamina. Wow. You're young enough. You can do it. That's true. He invited both of us, Troy. Oh, okay. Yeah, a couple years ago, Troy, I was the penguin and Troy was the Riddler. Nice. Nice. 
Maybe needs I have a whole bunch of Batman masks. I should be Batman. Hey, why don't, you, why don't you guys do that, and I'll come up as the, I'll, I'll just show up as the Catwoman. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. If you go, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Maybe we'll do Neil. All right. We didn't take uh, hands on that one. We didn't pinky swear or anything. <laughs> I, just, I take that back, actually. Is it kinky swear? <laughs> kinky no, swear. I'm down with that. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll have to think about something, Neil. Yeah, yeah, we should all do something together. How about that? Yeah, we like could be this. the Avengers, right? <laughs> all right, be a human centipede. <laughs> no, I, I, I got the front. It's not a great yeah. idea. <laughs> all right, if we if we all show up like that, I'm the first one in line. Okay, I'm I the first one in line. Posted that cartoon that I did where we were. <laughs> yeah, but I was yeah. the front. <laughs> That was the Martin character from part two. <laughs> <sighs> with, a, with like a roll of sandpaper. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, I did host a human centipede, uh, the trilogy. Uh, it was like, what was it called? Human, it was, uh, anyway, they were showing all three of them. I forget what they called it. And I, I dressed as Martin. And, uh, I did not have sandpaper, but I did, I, I did bring a, uh, a um, crowbar. Nice. Oh. You went the extra mile. Yeah. <laughs> the pictures are up on Facebook. They're not the most flattering. But... <laughs> I well, think neither, is the, neither is the movie. The movie like, I like the second one best, though. I like I like I really, the first two. I hate the third one. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do I like the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet. The first two. I mean, yeah, the... I, I, I didn't really get into the third one very well, but yeah, the really first two the, were. Yeah, I really think the idea of the third one was to make like an intentionally bad movie, and the idea was it was like oh, his version of a bad, yeah, as of like a bad American remake of like <laughs> of uh, like a movie. I you think win. that was the intention. <laughs> well, well it's done. A German, it's a German <laughs> film, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, well, the third one he it was made in the states. No, I know that, but the prior ones, the first two were German, right? Well, he's not German. He's like, uh, where is he from? He's like Danish or something. He wasn't, but, uh, like Essen, he wasn't saying like Essen mein Scheiße? I mean, there was uh, Scheiße in it. Dieter probably was. Uh, <laughs> so, so, hey, at least somebody knew German. I, I knew somebody knew German in here. <laughs> Dein? Yeah, sir. Oh, no? the okay. Ah, there we go. Just little pigeon German's always good. Yeah, for my German, I just say gibberish, but you got to be very angry and pound your head. You just got to yell. You just got to yell. You just got to yell. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll. I can always go as Hitler for Halloween. That's a thought. You can, but. Beware of the consequences. <laughs> we can get you some Dr. Octopus goggles, Neil. If I can start <laughs> working on my abs, I could be craving the honor. All right. I'll be Dr. <laughs> Are you going to make me like the, the, the tentacles? Yeah, I got you covered. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you're covered, sir. You're covered. Will you I be able to like walk into the, the room? No. No, they're going to be like 12 feet long. You're going to break down the walls. That's right. <laughs> well, like if you don't song. like it, just go nine. <laughs> and kidnap Uncle, uh, not Uncle, 
Uncle uh, what's his Uncle Ben's dead. Can that haunt me? <laughs> there you go, Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the rice guy, but <laughs> yeah, the rice guy. That's a good costume, though. Just like yeah. uh, Doctor Octopus with a uh, box Uncle Ben rice in your hand. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm going with Uncle Ben. <laughs> hey, that could be a cool movie. <laughs> now we know what the next movie you have for me. That's right. With great rice. Comes we'll call, great we, we can call it Uncle Ben's S and Mine Shiza Rice. <laughs> Sorry, Neil Jones. I'm sold. All right, I thought you would. I'd watch it. I was still thinking, though, sometime we could do the Uncle Creepy and and Cousin Eerie. I think that would be good. All right, that works. I I like like that. that. Like that one. It's good. Need a Vampirella, though, if anybody wants to volunteer. Nick. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Wait, do you see many? You gotta take a thong and gotta shove it right yeah. up there. <laughs> All right, let's just do it. Let's right. start right now. We can start right. Let's get our minds together. Let's just do it. <laughs> There's not Ball a lot of convincing wall. involved here. <laughs> I know, right? You didn't even twist my arm. It's just like I'm doing it. It's like, all right, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, by the way, where can uh, people get uh, uh, B Documentary 2? Oh, Go ahead. I was just wondering, because we mentioned B Documentary 2 a lot, uh, where can people see it? Uh, right now, it's coming out in it's right around Halloween, so like DVDs are being worked on now. So Cool. I would say the first week, well, the week of Halloween. Mm-hmm. It'll be coming out, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to post everything and, and go on social media and uh, let everyone know where they can get it. Yeah, the week prior to that, so it's ready to go. It's ready to go. It's already done. Dave knows it's done. Hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> Dave was a big part of it, man. Matt, Matt Fisher, Angela Tong. Everybody involved, Gary Sherman, Lloyd Coffin, everybody. Everybody's great. I, I can sit here and list so many names right now. I don't want to mm-hmm. take your time up on Dave's time, but everyone did a great job. Yeah, I really dug it. That was the first time I, I saw I was uh, Yeah, it was the first time I saw Dave, and it's very good. I haven't met Dave anywhere that I know of yet. No, not yet. Know. I'm sure we'll meet at some point in time, but... Uh, it was very cool to have you on. I really dug Groundhog, not just because you're here. I, I thought it was a really fun movie. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, Groundhog I, was I, great. Groundhog yeah, was I, great. I, I remember I, I didn't even know Matt and Dave yet, and I saw them, like, I saw James Balsamo on a boat coming to Massachusetts, like, don't <laughs> make Groundhog. And I'm like, I'm oh, cool. And I saw all, I saw I saw Matt and all them, and, and like, Billy Coyne and, and Sam Hayes and like everybody, uh, Kissa. I didn't know them yet, and then eventually, I it it was a pretty fucking cool movie, and I didn't ever knew I'd meet any of them. And we, it's pretty weird. We're all collaborating now, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, so Balsamo came over in a boat. He came yeah, over in a yeah, fucking boat in the winter. He took the ferry, the Long Island ferry. 
<laughs> oh, I expected him like like George Washington on him. <laughs> I know, because I, I that would be the hat, no. I think he had a leather jacket on. He's like, "Hey, I'm James Balsamo. I'm going to do Groundhog." And he was just, and he's on a boat, and it's in the winter, and he, I, I'm not, and he played it off pretty good because I would have been freezing my ass off. Yeah, I don't know. He, he he's an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is I like my version better though, where he's wearing like a powdered wig and stuff. I think that, <laughs> would awesome. that would have been great. That would have been great. So that's how he'll make his next appearance. That's right. Damn <laughs> So how how did you meet James, uh, David? Oh, uh, I first time I met James is uh Rock Chalk twenty thirteen mm-hmm. when he was um he's promoting uh Cool as Hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was when he was um I think he was, yeah, he was prone and cool as hell, and I met him briefly. And then when I when I when I hooked up with Boomastic Films, uh, Matt had uh, got him for a voice cameo in Insomniac. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, me and James became like Facebook friends, and I just kind of asked him like, "You want to want to come be in my horror movie?" And he said, "Yeah." It's well worth it. He's he's very he's always oh, always fun yeah, when yeah. you see uh, James to pop up in anything. Well, well, like. Along with being like such a great friend, such an awesome duty, is a promotion machine. So, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> now, I really love the, the the cover for the lich. It's yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. Mm-hmm. I did too, and it's that some really cool asshole made that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's his name? It's like nasty Neil or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> very like very that. talented guy. Yeah, I heard. I heard he was a dick. Yeah, he probably no, is. He's a really good. No, I'm just kidding. You're a really good guy, and you <laughs> should be. You did a great job. Thank you, thank you. I was very happy with it. So that's good. I am and very. I, 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 yeah. I, I came out really, really, really good. Really good. You should be very proud of that. And then you, you see me get killed and and cool as hell too. Nice. Before. And I witnessed that murder. I can't wait to see that one. (laughs) And and the guy that plays the witch, Dave Stein. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, We met him at Ghostfest along with his girlfriend, and they were super fucking cool. The witch was a lot of fun. Oh, the witch was a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed James' movies. So, uh, Ground Dog, David McDonough. It's cool to have you here. Thank you for doing the show. Thanks for having me, man. Thank yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And it's always cool, yeah. Nick, calling in. We'll yep. have you back. You guys are always welcome back anytime. Thank well, you. Thank you for having me. And I'm, <laughs> I honestly, I, I just jumped out of the shower when I got your text. I was like, he's, he's naked right now. Like I was naked. My, <laughs> my my dick my dick was flopping around, and I was like, I didn't know what to do. He's like, speak well, up! I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> that makes no. Two I wasn't of even us. wearing a towel. I was just flopping around. <laughs> You're welcome for the visuals. <laughs> flopping around. Then he saw I texted him, and then it was oh, <laughs> not so flopping. I was like, oh, I was like, I'll call that's at nine thirty. I promise. That's how he dialed the phone. With the that's, that's how I dialed my phone with the stick. That is dedication and talent. Hey, <laughs> it took a long time to learn that. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, Dave's using a landline. I think it might be rotary. I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Mine's a dick line. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for having me on your show, David. Thank you too, as well. Everyone, nod your head. It's been it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Nick. Hell yeah, and yeah, and David, you're the man. Thank you for doing the show, man. You you're the man. You guys are the man. You guys are awesome. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh we all love each other. I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> feeling the love. Right, well, if anyone's got the dirt on David, call in and let us know. <laughs> or, or or call me. I got some dirt on David. <laughs> I've see, I seen him naked. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah, I'm on, yeah, on film. <laughs> I can never run for president now. <laughs> no, you can't. Oh. Nor can I. Not, that's the video I want to see. Well, you can. You, it's trauma. Put it out. <laughs> All right. What What is that in? Where can Where can we see David naked? It's a grass plantation three video, nasty. Uh, right, cool. Yeah, I wanted to say I wanted to see that, but not, now it's now it seems like that's a reason. <laughs> We're all covered in like pancake powder or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy that. part was like I'd be trying to help out because I was like I was the first AD and Matt Matthew Fisher was the director, and I'd be like going down real low, and it's like okay, oh. Grendel, Grendel, Here's, Grendel. I don't know Here's what was Dave, going on there. There's, it's like, there's, 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 there's Dave's dick. <laughs> there's there's Dave's dick. There's hot stick. <laughs> oh, wait. And this, you know, it's just, it was definitely an uh, experience I never witnessed ever before in my life. <laughs> Instant bonding. I, I kind of feel like I owe you now. <laughs> <laughs> like Magic Mike. Just leave a tip. <laughs> Ooh. Just a tip. <laughs> what tip are we talking about? Here? Well, we'll leave that up to uh, interpretation. Hopefully, money. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
here once again without your head big thanks to both our guests justin m seaman director of the barn and scream team releasing.com now he doesn't direct that but he owns that website and uh david mcdonough groundhog very fun and of course nick charles for calling in yep yep so we had we had three for the price of two tonight exactly got the bonus guest it was well worth the money without a doubt so it was a good time. I enjoyed uh, all the interviews, actually. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, Troy, but... Um, well, actually, I also want to thank, because this is the last, uh, last show of this month, uh, Wolfman, Wolf, uh, Wolfman, Chuck, and the Brimstone Boys for being our Music of the Month. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Very cool. Uh, next month, uh, for October, we're going to have Music of the Month here. will be the band who does our current theme song... The Tomb of Nick Cage. Oh, very good. That's going to be pretty sweet. But so I was going to try to tell you, Troy, if you saw this, and they have a, a teaser trailer up for the new Daredevil season, and uh, the Kingpin is back. Oh, nice. Is he out of the joint? Yes. Oh, Putting very his good. white suit. Oh, 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 oh. All right, that's awesome. I'm, I'm sold. Didn't even need to know that, and I was sold already. Yeah. Very cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, this one is really weird to me is um, James Wan. Uh, James Wan, who does all the uh, all the uh, haunted house movie stuff. Right. He's remaking uh, Train to Busan, and I don't understand why that movie needs to be remade. It's only what four or five years old. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe two. I don't know. It's not very old. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, you know, I guess the idea is they want an, Amer- uh, an English-speaking uh, version of it with Americans in it. But then isn't it just a, a typical zombie movie? <laughs> like I would think so, yeah. Like, what's the point? We already we have so many zombie movies. Do we really need another one? And we have, like, the real Train to Busan. We don't need... Another yeah, one. Yeah, I think it takes away all the uni- uniqueness of it. Yeah. Another thing that I thought about the movie that's so unique is the fact that they don't. Um, there's no guns in it. Yeah. And so it's like the first zombie movie I can remember where it's like how do they, uh, you know, how do they battle these zombies without guns? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because it's not in America, so they don't have guns, but. If you do an American one, I assume everyone's going to have guns again. So it's basically just going to be a zombie movie on a train. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah. And I'm not a guy who's like really anti remakes. Like, I do right. think they make way too many of them, but I'm not somebody like, oh, damn it. You know, I don't want to see any remakes. Right, right. Yeah, me either. I just, I don't, I think that's totally pointless. It's, Kind of like when they did that with um, that REC movie. Yeah. And that was probably, what, like a year later or something. Right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, and I think both movies are perfectly fine, like um, Let the Right One In. Yeah, you know, if I didn't see the remake of it first, I probably would look differently on it. Mm-hmm. Because I saw the the American remake first, and I, I loved it. And then I uh-huh. saw the uh, the original, and then you you tell you could tell like, oh shit, they actually just some of these scenes are just exact copies. Right, right. 
And so, like, I, so if I would have saw Reverse, so if I would have saw the original and I saw the remake, I probably wouldn't have liked the remake. Right. Just because of that reason, like, oh, man, they just, you know, copied this. Yeah. Either way, it's kind of, like, you know, po- pointless. Yeah, I never understand, like, and the same thing with Funny Games. That was probably, uh, what, a year or two later. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and it's just, they don't think Americans want to read, I guess. I guess not. Well, I mean, you could watch it, um, you know, dubbed if you don't want to do the subtitles. Uh-huh. Apparently, like, unfortunately, I, I think it. it is. A, I did see some people who were, you know, they don't want to read the movies, on, you know. But uh, I don't know. It seems very dis- pointless. It does. It does. Like, because <laughs> they didn't do that with Pan's Labyrinth. There wasn't like an immediate, you know, remake of it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I'm kind of confused. Yeah, I guess that, I just don't see about, what the point is. Yeah, and there's something about that being the zombie movie where. Like we have so many zombie movies, so right. why remake a foreign zombie movie? Like we need to have another zombie yeah. movie. Did you ever end up seeing the uh, the prequel, the animated no. one? It's really good, Neil. You should check it out. Right. Uh, Happy Death Day to You's coming out uh, for Valentine's Day. That was a surprisingly good movie. That was one of the first movies I saw with my movie pass. I thought it looked just like total shit. And I really enjoyed it. I remember that. I remember when you saw it, and I still haven't seen it, so I'll have to. I'll have to watch that when it becomes available. Yeah, really surprisingly good movie. I'm not saying it's like like it's fantastic or something. Right. Surprisingly good. Uh, a lot of conventions coming up here. Obviously, uh, cult classic. It's actually this weekend starts off. Uh, Tomorrow, so if you're in uh, Texas, Texas is a very large area. If you're near Bastrop, Texas. Whoa. I'm not sure where that is. But kudos for them for using the actual town. So many conventions, they say it's (laughs) Chicago, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, it's some little town outside of... 60 miles away or something. When we did the show in uh, Seattle, it was called Seattle, and it was literally... a, a an hour from Seattle on the bus. Oh, no. That would be like if I held a show here on Cape and said it was the Boston, you know, Boston without your head festival. (laughs) Yeah, especially if you booked a hotel in Boston and you're like, son of a bitch. So so anyway, good for them actually saying where where it is and not pretending it's Dallas or or Austin. (laughs) So, but anyway, they got a lot of cool guests. They've got uh, the Circus of the Dead Clowns and uh, Billy Pawn, Billy Pone, who uh, directed it. Very good movie. Okay. Um, let's see here. They got Gary, Gary Kent from Satan, Satan Sadist. Oh, <laughs> I like the name. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Uh, a lot of musical guests. Trying to go through the line here. But anyway, go to uh, classicconventions.com. Uh, Jennifer Banco from uh, Leatherface Part 3. Well, Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. Uh, Marta Cober from Friday the 13th Part 2. Kelly Maroney from Chopping Mall, former guest here on the show. Nice. 
Ari Mihailov's going to be there. Our favorites. Yep. Uh, Robert Mukes, former guest on the show. Oh, very good. David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown. Oh, sweet. That's pretty awesome. So we'll check that out for a lot of this cool stuff. And then uh, coming up uh, in October is Rock and Shock. Yeah, they they seem to have a pretty rocking lineup, too. Yeah, they just announced today Derek Mears is going to be there. Oh, nice. Uh, the other day they announced Linda Blair. That's a really big deal. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, we, I don't think I've ever met her, and I know we've never had her on the show. That would be an awesome guest. Oh, yeah. Uh, William Forsyth. Sweet. Pretty sweet. Uh, let's see here. Scott. Oh, yeah, Scott. Uh, Reiniger, I think that's his name, uh, from Dawn of the Dead. What character was he? Oh, my God. Oh, sweet. Yeah. No, no, no not Flyboy. Flyboy's the dark-haired guy turns into a zombie, but he's uh, the, the kind of dirty blonde-haired guy. Yeah, that's in, like, they wheel him around in, in a yeah. basket for a while. Uh, Malcolm McDowell. Oh, nice. Galen Ross, also from Dawn of the Dead. That's pretty sweet. Uh, oh, Kelly Maroney is yeah. also going to be there. And Ari Mihailov will also be there. Oh, sweet. Ted Ramey, Bill Mosley. Oh, good, good, good. Andrew Divoff from uh, Wishmaster. Oh, yeah. Yep. Pretty sweet lineup. Wow. Let's make it out there. He was you the genie get... guy, right? And uh... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, the, he's the monster dude. Yeah. Uh, Housewife is coming out, I think, pretty soon. It's uh, a new movie from Baskin director Con uh, Jean Evernal, who laid on the show. Nice. I love Baskin. Yeah, Baskin's a great, great flick. Yeah. I'm glad that never got an American remake. I know, me too. Don't give anyone ideas. No, because I guess they're doing a remake of uh, shit, well, Good Night Mommy. No. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. I don't know why it needs an American remake. No, I really don't know either. I enjoyed that one a lot, too. Now, I love Halloween. Yep. I'm, I'm cool if they make more sequels. But this doesn't make sense to me. There are talks of doing a Halloween TV series. <sighs> I don't see how that's, like, really possible. That would get old in such a hurry, I would think. Yeah, like, what do you... you I don't see how you could do a, you know, a series off of Slasher, like... Yeah, like I a weekly a series. Yeah, that's just yep. silly. The only way you would think it would work is if you retold the whole story from from me when he's a child, you know, to he's an adult. Mm-hmm. But the point that's already been told twice, and everyone knows where it goes. So <laughs> I don't think it would. You know, if no, if that story had never told before, right? Then, I then think that it would, would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But after everyone would, everyone would be just waiting for him to become Michael Myers anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one thing right. you know, if you did like seasons of him as a kid, like it just, I don't yeah, think that would get pretty happens. dull, I would think. Yeah, yeah I don't see, yeah, I, I just, don't see that as a win kind of situation. No, I just don't really see how it works. No, no, nope, uh, that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go to uh, com, the site you listen to the show, uh, and also check out the watching movies, which are written reviews by our man Jason Mitten. Yes, yes, indeed. I always enjoy those. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff up there. Uh, just recently, he's got one up for Strange Nature, 
which is a cool uh, eco horror movie. It's based inspired by a true story of uh, of fro- you know frogs uh, growing leg- third legs and stuff. Oh, okay. And uh, I also interviewed the director Jim Ojala. Nice. This one was great, Death Kiss. I was really surprised. I liked it so much. Is what it, was it called? Death Kiss. Oh. And it's got the lookalike of, uh, he looks just like Charles Bronson. Like exactly oh, okay, like. yep, yep. And so you kind of think that's going to be like a gimmicky kind of thing. But it's on. But it's a really good movie. It really feels like a 70s exploitation, you know, movie. It's very gritty, very non-PC, it's very violent. I really dug it a lot. Uh, I like, I just like the, as soon as I saw that, the first time, like the trailer, and I was just blown away that it wasn't Bronson. Yeah. And I believe he's dubbed in the movie, which also kind of works. It just has this very weird 70s feel to it. Does it? Yeah. I really like the movie. I would rather highly recommend it. And a Mandy, which I was blown away by. Yeah, that one that one looks really good to me too. It's definitely not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I did see it in on uh, video on demand. And from what I've been told, you should really see it on the in the big screen, which I could totally see after seeing because it's very visual and uh, it's very like almost a, I don't want to say annoying, but <laughs> like the like the this heavy bead and like this this uh you know this light like pounding pounding your senses. And so kind of like kind of psychedelic. This, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I've never, I've never done like uh, acid or anything, but mm-hmm. people who have who have said it's 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 a lot of people said it's like the closest to like an acid trip that a movie's ever captured. Wow! But it's just wild. I know Jason really didn't like the first half, and I know a lot of people don't either. Mm-hmm. I was in, and it's through the whole movie. The first half is is extremely slow, which it doesn't really bother me. But the second half is just, you know, it just total insanity. Okay. Yeah, I'm it's definitely like, looking forward to that one. It's not realistic or anything like that. It's just a very crazy. And they really take advantage of Nicolas Cage's, like, his, you know, weirdness. But, like, in a way that totally works in the movie. I think you could do that and it could just come off, like, really lame. But uh, it works in the movie. Does it? Yeah. Very unusual film. <laughs> I think you'd either love it or hate it. I, I have a feeling I'd like it. Um, I think you would, too. I It reminds me just from, like, hearing about it and the, the trailers and stuff of, um, do you remember the old movie Race with the Devil? Hmm, that sounds familiar. It's an old, like, 70s film where um, these, I think it's maybe two couples or something, and they're harassed by these Satan worshippers. Now I'm looking at it. It seems very familiar. It seems very much like this movie. Yeah. It just, it kind of has that vibe to it anyway. I mean, maybe it's, you know, nothing like it, but Uh it just had that, like, similar vibe to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I really do think you'd like it. Okay. It's very I, weird. I definitely will give it a shot. It's very definitely very interesting looking. Uh-huh. I really like everyone in it too. 
Um, God, what's the guy's name? He was in 31. He played the uh, the lead. Oh, um, yeah. Um, Richard Brake. Brake, yep. Yeah, he's awesome. He's got a very small role, but uh, it's very memorable. Bill Duke is great in it in a very uh, bizarre role. Very bizarre scene. Maybe my favorite scene in the movie. But Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'll have to tell me, like, off air. Yeah. No, that's a great. It's just, uh, really, I really dug it. Definitely one I would recommend. Plus, they the advert the fake ad on on the on the show on like TV uh-huh. is for, for Goblin uh, Macaroni and Cheese. I think. <laughs> I guess it's Goblin. I like that. Yeah, makes doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's pretty awesome. That's okay. Not everything has to. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to Michael Epstein and Sophia Caccioli. The uh, Caccioli, sorry, they went out to um, uh, the Hellfest premiere tonight at the TCL Chinese Theater in Hollywood uh, to cover that for Without Your Head. Oh, nice. So uh, we'll look forward to the review up on the website soon. Yes. I still I I want to see the movie, but part of me is just. I'm still a little confused by why it looks so much like the last movie we yeah, saw. Yeah, in a way, it kind of makes you mad in a way. Yeah, like, it's not mad, yeah. but like, like I hope it doesn't just isn't just like some copy of this because I really like the Bloodfest so well. Yep, yep, same here. And it's just e- even like a little clip that I saw of it like reminded me an awful lot of the other movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it's something that somebody did intentionally or, and like I said, I, I, I don't want to like hate on this movie. Maybe they had it first and the other people, sure, right. them. Yeah. you it know, just, just seems, released it first. That seems like there's too much similarities for this just to be a coincidence. Yeah. Yep. Especially come out, even the names almost the same. I know. That's why I'm expecting something, you know, some kind of publicity stunt. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know really how to feel about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's odd. I, I'm, I'm looking. I do want to see it, though. But uh, Yeah, so do I. Now, it's not one we have to. Is it through a fathom no, event type no, thing? No, I, it... I think it's got a lot. I think it's got a wide opening. Oh, OK, good. Good. Wide release. Hey, it's got a wide open. <laughs> not saying like the movie's like a whore or something. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what the? I'm not slut shaming the film. All right, I'm just making sure. All right. So, anything else there, Mister Mister Jones? Um, I've been, digging, I've been digging American Horror Story this year. Me too. I've only seen the first two episodes, but so far I'm I'm sold. Yeah, I hated the last few, so this this yeah. is a big uh, bonus. These last two seasons, I've ne- I haven't even finished. I disliked them so much. Uh-huh. I know some people. It was very. I'm not because you know no one's right or wrong. It's your opinion. So, but someone said that they didn't like it because it's too quirky. But I'm like, well, how would you ever like the show? Because the show is very quirky. Yeah, that's one of the things I always like about it. Because it's not really afraid to be just really quirky and weird. Uh, which is one of the things that, you know, I've always dug about the show. Even the seasons I haven't liked so much. Yeah. And I got to say, like, I don't know. 
it doesn't bother me. One of my friends, they didn't like the second episode because it's a lot of uh, gay sex, which oh, does, really? doesn't, yeah, it doesn't bother me. But right. I do wonder how American Horror Story gets away with so much like of like graphic sex. Because I remember yeah, The Walking true. Dead, like when they were, they had some sex scene, they said like, they they were like, they had to cut it down because they showed too many thrusts. But no. like, yeah, there's like this some full on man on man, you know, butt banging in American Horror <laughs> Oh yeah, yep. It um, and then that that hotel season, the whole season was basically just watching Lady Gaga having sex covered in blood. <laughs> That's true too. I know it's cable, but it's like it's not like HBO or Showtime. It's basic yep. cable. Yep, that's also true. In news that doesn't, there's, well, it's weird. Show, this isn't horribly, but HBO, they announced today there's no more boxing. They're doing away with boxing? No way. So, like, at the end of an era, 45 years of boxing HBO, they're not doing it anymore. They've always been the home of boxing. Wow. Yeah. Maybe boxing's officially dead then. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because it wasn't, because at first I thought, oh, they're, you know, taking a stance like the you know against like uh, head trauma or concussions, but it wasn't mm-hmm. that. It was, which I I don't get, I never get this. Yeah, I never hear about that in boxing. You see no. football all the time about CT and stuff, and I know there's concussions that, but fucking boxing. The whole point <laughs> is to give the guy a concussion. That's true. You're bashing him in the head until like he's knocked so senseless that you've knocked him out. Yeah, now if you get knocked out, and, <laughs> and then if you get up, you, you can still fight. Yeah. And anything else, if you get knocked out, I mean, oh my God, it's, you know, they don't, which is good, but. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If you're an NFL player, you're lucky if you're going to come back, you know, the next week. Yeah. You know, you have to go through the whole concussion protocol and all this stuff. Yeah, not sit in six seconds. <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 yep, he's up. He's suddenly miraculously over his condition. Yeah. And there can be no long-term effects of this, of course. Uh, that would sound like lame or something, but it's just, it, you know, it does make you think. I mean, I grew up watching boxing. I never thought too much of it, but, you know, after a while, it's like, do should people just get pummeled? Like, <laughs> it's a bizarre thing, but either way, that's not going to be on, on uh, HBO anymore, uh, Showtime anymore. HBO, I'm sorry, HBO. And yeah. another thing, uh, which I didn't really even think was a thing anymore, but they're not doing like uh, like softcore porn on HBO anymore. Um, I didn't think why? I didn't think they, that was that was still like even like a thing people really were into. But no, I, no, I didn't either. Like I remember, you know, like the old HBO. I used to think it was more of a cinematic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What was Cinemax? It was like Cinemax, Cinemax. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These people dubbed it Skinemax. So I didn't oh, okay. really think it was an HBO deal. Maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> well, they used to have the HBO After Dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember they had some of those sex, like kind of like shows, like yeah. real sex and stuff. Oh yeah. So I don't know if it's that or just like you know, like the not quite porn pornography. So, geez, I wonder, like. Is that just, is that like boxing? Is it dead now too? Softball porn is dead. It probably kind of is because like there's, 
anyone with a computer can just go and find like hardcore pornography. So. <laughs> That's true. You can find any kind of crazy shit you're into. Yeah, like I can go watch, you know, a dog banging, you know, a grandma. So yeah. <laughs> so why bother? You know, you don't. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's kind of sad times. It's, you know, the, it's always something kind of a rite of passage, you know. It's like, ooh, there's naughty stuff on this. Yeah. Yeah, but like, it's probably, probably the last people watch it are older people. Yeah. Because kids grow up with, you know, really horrible. Like, even they just make videos of themselves, probably. <laughs> That's true. They're like, this shit's boring, man. <laughs> So we're, so oh by the way, Assassination Nation. When Troy and I saw the the trailer, I thought it looked just awful. Oh yeah, yep. I was in Boston. I had uh, I had my um, movie pass, and for some reason, even though I used it earlier, it's it let me use it to see Assassination Nation. And oh, I was like, well, I'm here. Why, why not? It's free. Yep. If it sucks, I'll just walk out. And so I went and watched it, which I found out later. They've got some kind of deal with Neon, which is like an independent uh, horror production, I believe, because I got an email about it. And mm. movies from them will not count against your uh, movie pass. Like, uh, Oh, no kidding. Max, so they're like freebies? Yeah, so it was pretty sweet. Yeah. I went to see it. I guess about the first 10, 15 minutes was kind of what I expect. Well, it was well, what much, it was well made, I'll say this. But it was yep. kind of what I expected. Like, I didn't like the characters, and it wasn't into it. Slowly, though, I was totally into this movie. No way. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Amazing movie. I, I, would, oh. I, I thought it was one of the best movies of the year. Extremely well made. Um, some of it, like, I, at first, it's like, I think I'm too old for this movie because it's like I don't, you know, connect to any of these characters. Yeah. But it was, it did a really good job of showing, I think, the differences of like young people and older people, how they look at, uh, look at sex and look at, uh, um, privacy. And then some of the, some of the ways where like, you think, oh, you're going to be open with your sexuality and all these things. It doesn't matter, but there are consequences to these things. And then, uh, it gets really over the top, you know, very, uh, uh, graphic horror movie and uh i saw it was a brilliant movie oh i think the the very end maybe get a little over the top for me mm-hmm. like but uh ah, this is great great movie wow that, i'm gonna have to watch it now yeah really because i thought it was I just think... gonna be a throwaway movie like you know when we saw the trailer yeah it was uh, really one of the best made movies very original oh uh very like uh, ballsy. It's very graphic. Uh, it's good. It's good. I think a lot to say too. It's a very uh, socially relevant movie. I, I was That's good to really hear that. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw on, on Twitter they were. Uh, I guess it's not doing very well. So I was sharing it. Now I, I just want to you know do our part as we can. Uh, I would suggest going to see it. Oh yeah. Yep. It, well, it's, it's not that often that you see, like, you know, an original kind of movie, like a Train to Busan or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, sing its praises, and that's that's definitely good to hear. Yeah, they're very surprised, very surprised. Then on not the same note, but on one thing I am looking forward to, 
and I don't know if you had mentioned it to me. I, I'm sorry that I can't remember who it was. But I am old, and I can't remember things all the time. But somebody had told me, and then I saw the trailer on Netflix. Um, Shirley Jackson's The the Legend of Hill House is going to be. Yeah, a series on Netflix. Yeah, and I was totally excited about that because I I love that book. Now is that the Rodney McDowell movie? Uh, movie or no, no, that that's um, oh, what's his name? Um, the guy Richard Matheson. Okay, that's that's a, the Richard Matheson story, and I think I think Matheson was probably inspired by Shirley Jackson's story. Uh huh. But this one, this one's awesome though. It's a it's a great story, and even if you don't know that one, like you know Shirley Jackson probably from high school. Because she also wrote um, the short story, the, oh, yep, that one, um, The Lottery. Okay. You know, where where the people in the village, they have to draw lots, and then whoever gets, like, the black stone, they get, like, stoned to death at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, just one of those really powerful stories you don't expect. And, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, if you haven't read if you haven't read Hill House, you should read it. It's really, really good. Yeah, very cool. So I'm I'm definitely excited about that. Mm-hmm. So we got a ton of people coming up for October. So we uh, got a uh, Bill Duke from, from the original Predator. That's awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be a great uh, a great guest. I'm uh, really excited about that. Uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, uh, the director of Halloween 3 and Stephen King's It, the miniseries. Oh, nice. Uh, Hal Haven uh, from Night of the uh, Night of the Demons. Oh, yeah. The 30th yep. anniversary. Sweet. Uh, Gregory Lamberson, who had on the uh, show, a few, I think a couple years, maybe last year, I think it was, who uh, did... Um, uh, Slime City Massacre, Slime City, in his new movie is out. Uh, it's premiering soon. Is uh, Johnny Gruesome? Nice. That's going to be good times. Uh, there's a lot more people here. I don't have them all in front of me, so it's hard for me to remember. But just keep an eye on Without Your Head, and uh, give me some cool people. Oh, very good, man. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to all of those people. Yeah, it's gonna be good times. It's gonna be good times. Always is. Oh, Andres Jones will also be on the show from uh, uh, Night, Night, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four and uh, Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl, Slime Ball Bowlerama. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Hal Havens was also in it. Oh, okay, good. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. I think so too. So I'm yeah. looking forward to all these things. Yes. Exactly. Got some. Uh, let me see here. There's somebody else who just. Oh, that's right. Uh, we're gonna have also live here next week. We'll have uh, the director of Snake Out of Compton, Hank uh, Braxton. I like the title. Yeah, Snake Out of Compton. Now that's that's a movie. Is it? Mm-hmm. All right. Good or bad, it's a movie. It's, it is indeed. 
No one can take away its status as a motion picture. Yeah, it's about a big giant snake. I love Compton. big giant snakes. You know, fighting the fighting people in Compton. All right. Sounds pretty sweet. It's straight out of Compton. It is actually the uh, the poster looks like straight out of Compton, but it's it's snake. All right, I dig it. It's gonna be fun. I bet it is. <laughs> All right, so keep an eye. We'll, we'll probably announce some more guests. There'll probably be a couple guests, you know, uh, on a lot of the shows during October, just so we can get them all on. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's always a good time. Oh yeah. All right, Troy. You good? I think we are. I think I have uh, said my piece. I think so, so too. So this weekend, house, uh, this weekend, I'm going to be going to uh, Coolidge after midnight to see uh, two midnight showings with William Lustig in person. Uh, he's going to be doing a Q&A uh, Friday night after Vigilante, and then he's going to be uh, getting the uh, the, cool, the Coolidge after midnight award on Saturday night after Maniac Cop 2. So if you're in the area, uh, let me know. We could... Uh, we say hi at the theater, but then we can yep. go get out to eat or have a drink or something. Yeah, and shout. Yeah, and share the show. Uh, next week we're going to give out uh, two winners for um, November's prize, which is a copy of Misery on Blu-ray and a copy of Night of the Seagulls on Blu-ray. Oh, nice! And also go to withoutyourhead.com, and there is a, a Comet in Charge giveaway. Thanks to uh, the Comet channel, Comet and Charge TV shows, uh, well, their channels. I believe you can get them on the Roku. And there's all different ways you can enter. You can uh, tweet. You can follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on uh, YouTube. All these different things. And you can win yourself a limited edition Space 1999 Comet TV shirt. Oh. A Rocky exclusive Charge clamshell box. Whoa. There's no VH t- tape inside, but there is a VHS. Yeah, so you okay. can put stuff in there, put up on your mantelpiece. A right. Rocky viewing kit. Uh, so when you're working up a sweat in the gym and feeling the eye of the tiger, this kit will help you get into the Rocky mood. There's bum, a chart. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. It's one of the greatest songs. It is. There's a charge jump rope, a gym towel, and a die-cut Rocky sticker. Wow. And last but not least, a Godzilla Funko Pop figure. Oh, sweet. Pretty awesome. You win all that stuff for free. You can't go wrong there, then. Nope. You got to be in the States or the United States. Only ship to the United States. That sounds fair. Sorry, you conducts. Germans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next week, this is Ashton Neal. And this is Terrible Troy. This was without your head. <laughs> 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 <laughs>